We're back. Another episode of Calcio Nostro podcast about to begin. We're going to go right into it. You know, it's Wednesday. We just finished the Champions League. Two Italian teams finally qualified for the last 16. Rocco, I'm going to go with you first. What are your initial thoughts on all the Italian teams qualifying? Uh, I was prepared to talk about Juve. Not the other, the rest of the well, you can, well, start with Juve. <laughs> start with Juve then. Yeah, no, I mean, for today, thankfully, they didn't need to win. Um, it turned out that winning helped them, but they were... They were bad. Um, for the other teams, I mean, they're better. Inter's better. Uh, and Atalanta, will play, I guess, would they get snowed out? Yeah, so they got postponed today. They're going to play tomorrow in Bergamo um, okay. against Villarreal, which is basically a win or go home situation. Yeah, but I mean, overall, good for Italy. I guess three teams could get through. Yeah. Milan almost made it through with some Mi- tricky circumstances. Yeah, Mil- Milan had a really tough draw. They were put in the group of death, and then when you look at the other groups, you know, there's that group of Lille, Wolfsburg, Salzburg, and Sevilla, where it's like, you know, you wonder, it's like, if Milan were in that group, you would assume that they would win it. Um, yeah. Speaking of Milan, we have Mike here. Mike, what are your initial thoughts? I know, just on Milan, and then also kind of to back up on what Rocco said. Yeah, I mean, with Milan, it's interesting because you look back to the first... Atletico fixture, and if they win that, they maybe go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they can really have too many complaints, though, about what ended up happening. I think that they were flat against uh, Porto. Like, they were just awful in both Porto games. Um, they beat Atletico, Atletico. They should have beat them twice. I think that that's just a fact. And then yeah. they looked abysmal. In both Liverpool games, I know that weren't they up in the first Liverpool? They were up two one and in the second, and, second one. and in the yeah. second. Yeah, they yeah. were up two yeah. two one at Anfield, but they didn't look good in that game. And then they just blew the lead. And then they were up one nil yesterday, and again they just blew it. And yesterday, I guess you have like more more leeway because the team is kind of, you know, you have injuries, you have Zlatan who's playing at kind of half health. Yeah, but I mean, they can you cannot complain. Uh, this was where Milan deserved to be. And I think that not qualifying for the Europa League is better than qualifying for it, honestly. Yeah, now, now you can focus, before I go to Galano, you can now focus all your resources into the Scudetto, which I think for Milan, it's kind of similar to the Inter situation in terms of, you know, yeah, they got knocked out Champions League and knocked out Europa League, but now they focus on the Scudetto and that might propel them to winning it. Galano, what are your thoughts on See, that? Yeah, I, I, on, on Milan first, I think... It reminded me so much of that um, during that Spalletti Inter Champions League where they had to beat the Barcelona B team to get through. Mm-hmm. And Milan choked. I mean, you had two bad luck, one point against Porto in both matches, and you drop points at home against Liverpool's B slash C team. Right. Well, I would say B, I would say B slash lower tier because it did have Salah and Sane. Like they did have some starters in the in the game. I understand that, but the midfield was completely babies. Mm-hmm. And then you had the center backs. I think only the new the new uh, um, the guy from Leipzig. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Other than that, who else did you have in net? I mean, who else did you have on the field? I think I think Milan. Listen. Give, if you had said beginning that they're going to finish fourth, everyone would understand it. But the fact that it ended the way it did, where they had the opportunity to go through, I think that's a little disappointing. Yeah. Nonetheless, it, it's fine. They didn't, you know, disappoint. I think they, they did. They're, they're all right. Um, and now they're going to focus on the campionato. And, they, and they, they're probably going to be, in my mind, they're the favorites going through. On, uh, on Inter, I think it's just like, I, I told you this before the match, 
I'm worried that this is going to, we're all, we're going in there really hyped. We're going to, you know, dominate Real Madrid and then we're going to lose badly and it's going to throw us off the success that we've had for the past three games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened. But Ella's red card is so stupid. Like, it just doesn't make any sense given the context of the game where you're going to go through regardless. You're not fighting for your lives. Mm-hmm. The red card is the worst. You're the best player in the midfield. Did did we see how he got the red card? Was it just because he got a yellow then he was talking through ref, or was it just straight red? I believe it was a straight red. I think red. it was a straight red, right? Straight. So, so I think it's a two-match ban if it's straight red. No, so it's, a, it's one match. Yeah. Are you just sure? One. Yeah, it's going to be one. Just okay. Next one. I mean, I will say this about the Real game. They scored two absolute stunners. <laughs> against Inter yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was an, that the Asensio goal was absolutely ridiculous. That that Tony crucial. It's like, yeah, it wasn't that typical like high hard shot that hit number nine, but it was just played super well. It was hit super hard, and that was just, and that's his weaker foot. Me and Galan looked at each other. We're saying we can't do that on our right foot, let alone on our weaker foot. So, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I I just you know looking at this, Juve wins the group, Inter gets through. I think both do what they should have done. Atalanta tomorrow has to go out and beat, frankly, a weaker team to get through, right? Three out of four for Italy into the knockouts, I think, is good. Yeah. How far can Italian teams get? So, me and Galan were looking at it. I think with Juve winning the group is a huge blessing for Italian teams because they don't have to go up against Chelsea. Chelsea, I think, in the round 16 is going to be very tough out because when we saw them on their game, they were... Amazing. They were lights. I'm sorry, Rocco. I'm not trying to bring it up to rub they, salt in the wounds. They were very impressive. But they're very impressive. And, you know, when you look at the team that was out there today, Lukaku was just coming back from injury. You know, Werner's very bipolar in terms of his form. They weren't, Conte was out, right? They played like Reese James, I think, in like the midfield or something. Like they, they changed things up. They they thought that there was going to be in the bag in Zenit, and it obviously wasn't. But I think that's a huge blessing for Italian teams. And I think out of the teams that finished top of their group, I think the team you're looking at the most to play for an Italian team is Manchester United out of all the teams that qualified. That or the winner of the Lille group. If Italian I, I teams think, get I think one that of those, Juve can get PSG. But I'm talking about more of the, the groups that didn't win their oh, group. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I remember the teams that did, like Inter and potentially Atalanta. I think th- those are the matches you want as an Italian because I don't think you want to play against Real Madrid. You definitely don't want to play against Bayern Munich. It's going to be Bayern. I'm, I'm already it's convinced. Gonna, no, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be the PSG and Bayern shows, and then they're gonna just put the hit on Italy. Yeah, yeah I was about to say they're gonna do that. Then all the like pundits are gonna be like, "Oh, Italian soccer isn't ready." Where it's like, no, when you look at the road, that so we had City to go finished through. second in that group. No, they PSG? won the group. They won the so group. PSG second. PSG yeah. second. So Juve could get them. Yep. Right. I just want to make a comment about pundits during the Milan game. One of the English, brilliant English announcers who knows much <laughs> about football and clearly watches things outside the prem was making all these comments about how, like, disappointed he was in Milan and how they just didn't look good. And it's just like, what do you expect from a team that is, like, still very much rebuilding in an objectively weaker league than the Premier League and also is missing their second-best center back? Uh, like, Kier's out for the year. Calabria's out, right? You have Teo coming back from the sniffles, so he's not full strength. You have Ibra, who's not healthy. And this team's also starting Krunic. Like it, Milan was not full strength, and they still like they didn't play well against Liverpool, yeah. but they brought a fight to them. And I think it's really all they could have done. I understand it's disappointing to look back and be like, "You had the one nil, why didn't you hold it?" But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think they could have held it. I think that yeah. like even if they tried to lock up shop, that team's breaking through. Yeah, there there was a point. I think it was around like because Milan scored in what like the 15th minute, 20th minute. They scored relatively early in the game, and then you kind of saw once that goal went down that Liverpool were like, okay, we're kicking into another gear. Octa Chamberlain as an as 
an Arsenal he dominated. fan. He, I've never seen him play that well he in the midfield. He played super well. He Salah is he Salah. He bossed Tonali, Benacer, and Kessier. Well, Benacer, Just him. Benacer didn't start. I know, when he came in, but Oxlade still bossed him yeah. too. Like, was, also, if you're Kessie on that first goal, you can't let him get by you like that. Like, you got, like, I know it's not great to foul Theo me. also played very bad. I'm about to say, badly. Theo played Theo's badly. Theo's off form this year, though. Yeah, like, that's, I was going to follow up We can talk that. about that later, but he's yeah. just, he's not the same player. He's a shell of himself. Yeah, yeah I just, I, I, I was shocked. And because I, I don't think Liverpool played well. I'm not saying they didn't, and they probably deserved to win, but I didn't think that. Milan should have played that badly as they did because you saw mistakes from Tamori, you saw from Kessie, you saw from Hernandez, you saw all over the pitch. The only guy that one of the few guys that looked good, shockingly enough, that's been kind of the pundit of Galano's jokes for most of the pod is Romagnoli. I thought he actually played decently well in the game against um, game against no Liverpool. Com- no comment. Well, he did. He was he was a, he was <laughs> crucial in the first goal and being the diversion on the on the front post. But sure. Is broken, he going to Broken now? clock is, is just, right. I, I, yes. I, yeah. Your fourth center back, right, who's <laughs> stepping up to your third is Gabia. We've all seen how bad Gabia is. Like yeah. he seems like a chill dude, but yeah. he's not good. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think like we'll have to wait to see for the draws. I think I think like oddly enough, like they are in the best positions that they can probably be in. I don't think Inter could have won that group. Like Real's still a better team. Yeah. Atalanta is allergic to winning groups. Yeah, Atalanta had the lead against Man U, I think, twice. Mm-hmm. And, and gave then, it away both see. times. But the, but the thing is, like, for people not watching Atalanta, it's like, oh, like, how can you do this? But if we watch Atalanta this year, it's like, defensively, we know that they're not great. Like, that's that's been the truth. They attack you well, and they score a lot of goals, but they're going to give up a lot of easy goals as well. So, again, I think it's really good. Two Italian teams, possibly three. Knock on wood. I'm going to knock knocking on my wood floor. Hopefully they get through. I think three Italian teams would be really nice. You know, ideally we want all three to win their groups, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Sorry, just um, to just to fan the flames really quickly. Yeah, the Liverpool midfield that started yesterday, Morton, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Oxley Chamberlain, Minamino. Then the bench came in. Connor Bradley, ever heard of him? Never heard of him. Max Waltman, ever heard of him? <laughs> never heard of him either. Max. They bossed. Tonali, Kessie, and Diaz. I thought Tonali did have a good first half. Yeah, that's that's, that's where I was I'll going. I'll say that. Kessie, bad again, because that's his MO. And I think exactly, Brahim yeah. has also been like, he started really, really hot. And I like I feel like he's been like MIA on the pitch. So he picked up whatever Hakan had at Milan. <laughs> here's 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 my thing with Brahim. I think Brahim hasn't played well. I agree with that. But I think part of it is because he hasn't had that front man to really build a chemistry with. I disagree. I think Bri- I think. People are starting to figure him out. You get physical with him, and yeah. he's he's just too small. He's, yeah, he's too that, small. That's saying, it's not a part, but I think him not having a consistent striker to play off of and understand, you know, build that chemistry with, I think it's important for a player in the number 10 role because then when you can read their runs better, you can know how to play off of him better. Sure. I think that's part of it. But again, I think you hit that nail on the head where people, it's kind of like the Dybala thing we talked about where it's like if you play physical with him, you're going to rattle him a bit and he's not going to play well. And, and I agree with that. But want to move away from UCL and now we're going into the country because we did have some games this week, which I thought were really good. Um, but I want to start in terms of Napoli. You know, we have this big question mark about them because they have a lot of injuries going on with Ngisa, with Koulibaly, with Fabian Ruiz, and the list goes on and on. Insigne. Um, there's probably another one that I'm forgetting. Um, I mean, Manolas has been hurt for a while now. <laughs> 
He's still um, in Greece. It's still in Greece. <laughs> but yeah. Hurt in air quotes. Yeah. So <laughs> beach in Mykonos. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Rocco the first on this again. You know, do you think that Napoli, given these injuries and given that they come at a crucial time, because you have AFCON coming up, um, and also a lot of the thick of their matches are coming in the next in the coming weeks. Do you think Napoli can be top four quality or maybe even win the title? I don't know. I'm I'm cold on Napoli for the title. Uh, what are their their last few results? I was looking the other day are not good. I think their last five they've only won two of their last five. Um, yeah, I'll check that right now. But sorry, keep going. No, I just I I don't know. I think that with the injuries and with Afcon, it's rough. And and Gisa, how long is he out for? Gisa, I think is out. For for I think until January, I think is what I read. And then AFCON starts. And then AFCON, but I don't, I think, yeah, the, my issue is I hope he, selfishly, you know, obviously he never wants someone to be injured, but I kind of don't want him to go to AFCON just so he can play for Napoli. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with Napoli, I think they're a top four lock. I think that they have the, the talent enough of squad to stay in top four. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the top four we have now are the top four for the rest of the season, like at the end of the season. I don't know. Going off of Napoli, right? I th- I think the the match against Atalanta, they were they weren't the better team. They they deserved to lose. They were the better team for like ten minutes right after the yeah. break, mm-hmm. where they came out and they took the lead. They looked good at that point, but then for the rest of the game they were just completely flat. But I think that that game shows you some things. Like that's a team even with these injuries that's good enough to go out and get points against the teams that they should be beating, mm-hmm. so they can probably keep that up i think that like one of the big things is that like spalletti's a better manager than what they've had in the past few Mm -hmm. years so they should be able to go out and like lock up points against the lower half of the team uh lower half of the the table and and you know secure those points are they a lock for top four i don't know i i feel like we keep coming back to this conversation about it's one win in their last five games yeah i i mean they're not looking so hot i think that the depth wasn't a problem if they stay healthy, but now they're not healthy and the depth is becoming a problem. I would not say that they're locked in. I'd say like as pessimistic as I am on Milan, I think Milan right now look better to me as like have better chances. I should say for the top yeah. four than Napoli does. So now um, to piggyback off of that, who do you think takes Napoli's place in the top four? If you don't think they're going to win top four, <laughs> is it going to be in top Juve. four? Juve. Juve. Still. <laughs> Yeah, God, what are your thoughts on Napoli? I mean, I think it's it's unfortunate. I think the injuries have absolutely crippled them. And not even offensively. It's been purely defensively. I think they can get by up top. Mertens has showed that he can get the goals. With uh, wonder goals, not just goals. Wonder, wonder goals. goals. Yeah, and they Spalletti has changed the system to suit what he has. Yeah. But he... There, you can be much. You can be very flexible with the attack, the defense, very hard, very hard. Especially when you lose your defensive midfielder too, along with it, where you can't even slot him in front of the defense. Where you, now you have Deme and Labotka, who are both tiny footballers, right? Like they're not, they're not physically imposing players. Mm-hmm. And Gies is a ball winner, and Gies is the the athletic, physical, do it all midfielder, and that plus Koulibaly behind you. I mean, they're it's no shock that they're struggling, right? If you don't have a defense, like if you don't have a strong defensive spine, then yeah. you need a great goalkeeper and they don't have that either. So I, I think that's, that's major issues. Maybe, maybe De Laurentiis surprises us all 
and purchases a center back or some sort of defensive cover. I'm highly doubtful given his track has, track record. Yeah. But I think on paper and when the players are supposed to come back, barring any surprise long-term injuries later on, they should hold on to top four. But yeah. but after nine years of the black and white winning Scudetti, I cannot rule them out in the top four. As, mu- as happy as it would make me to do so, they can't. Uh, you can't rule them out. They, they're nine points off of Napoli right now. If Napoli keeps being on bad form, you know, going into the next month and month and a half, Juve, I wouldn't say they're figuring it out. People, you know, are going crazy about this alleged uh, formation change that Allegri did. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, he switched from a four four two to a four two three one, but functionally, I think it's it's, it just changed it's the same formation. It's, the, it's a personnel choice that's that's better because he's playing two wingers now instead of Rabio as a left winger. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if it keeps working, I mean, nine points isn't that crazy if Napoli's not playing well. I think Juve's going to be closer at least to the yeah. top four. And we and we just and we just passed the third, like a third of the way into the season, so still two thirds left to play. So that that's a lot. That's a lot of soccer. That's, that's of what hockey. I'm saying. Yeah. A lot of hockey. It's soccer, not hockey. <laughs> the saying is. Hockey. I know the saying. Um, yeah, I mean, Juve, Juve look. Like they're gonna just win the one nothings and like the the ugly ugly games that when the big teams play against each other they're gonna capitalize on drop points for either of the big teams that play each other. Um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm confident in Napoli being top four, but I wouldn't be as surprised if they finished fifth by some weird coincidence. To be honest, that game was more. It was which game? The Napoli Atalanta okay. game. I think that was much more insightful and with respect to Atalanta than it was to Napoli. Napoli, we expected that. Atalanta, that was a statement game. They lose those games all the time. Unless it's Juve, they lose those games all the yeah. time. So for me, I'm just like, and when they beat up on Milan, Milan wasn't Milan now, right? So they, they, they'll always beat up on Milan. <laughs> I, think, I think Atalanta, if, if they don't get to the next round of the Champions League, we could, they're, I think they're going to host silverware. Whether it's going to be the cup or the Champions League, no, 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 no. If they go through to the <laughs> Champions League, if they go through in the Champions League, I don't see them winning any silverware. I think if they go into the Europa League, or if they get out all together, I could totally see them winning winning a trophy. Here's my only pushback to that, though: is it's like, is it that insightful for Atalanta to go into a weak, a weak? Napoli side and beat them like and, and yeah. only three two right it's not like it like on the scoreboard was like a, a resounding victory they still let in goals they still did Atalanta things that like you know maybe if 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 you know God Insigne is there he can somehow tie that game like it, it wasn't like enough for me to be like wow they're gonna challenge Inter for the title like I I just I think it was a big win and they needed it. And like, you're right. Yeah. They never get over that hump and they needed to win this game. But like, I think it's a little tiny bit of a stretch to be like, they came in there and, and you know, like got over this hump. Cause you're talking about a team that's missing like four or five. Yeah. Starters. And, and, my, and Mike brought up a good point where it's the other that we've seen, especially at the back where, you know, you've let in goals. you like, teams can score on you. You're not that the, like, you're not like an inter where you have a good offense, a good offensive plan, but your defense is also relatively stout. That's not Atalanta. Atalanta is more of like 
we're just going to try to put five past you and just we're going to try to mitigate you putting six past us. You have Demidal literally making runs that a striker makes. It was in that, it was that goal awesome. was crazy. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of Demidal. I, I got to like say, Demidal though, like my guy on, on Atalanta, he doesn't get enough love is Dulan. Like, he yeah. is so he's talented. Like, so he's talented. huge. And he's so big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's gigantic, so you can't take him off the ball. It's, like, hilarious. It's like watching, like, an American football player on the pitch against, like, children when they're trying to go take him off the ball. But I think he's also underrated technically. I think, like, yeah. he's got really good skill with his feet. He protects the ball pretty well, and he creates goals. Even if he's not on, the like, the, the score sheet by getting assists, He's creating goals because he pulls one, two guys next to him every yeah. single time he's on the ball. He's just having a great year. And Gasparini has the benefit of having a Muriel on the bench, where if Sabata's not having a great game, you put on Muriel, it's a whole different yeah, tactic. Totally different it's game. a whole different game. They were, they were saying during the game this week, and I think Muriel last year scored once every 60 minutes Yeah, there was like, there was like 77 insane. or something like that. only behind Lewandowski in that. Yeah, and Lewandowski's you know, top two running in the Ballon d'Or. So let's just put that in perspective. Um, but now, so here's an, a question I want to pose you guys about Napoli, and then we'll move on. If Napoli don't finish top four, what happens to Osimhen and what happens to Koulibaly? Because I think if they don't finish Champions League this year, I think they leave. I think Koulibaly is going to be a lifer at Napoli at this point. Okay. If he wanted to leave, like he hit, like he hit his prime. He could have gone out. See, I don't know if he did because I'm seeing him now, and he's still putting up. Hey, he's still great. Yeah, that's what yeah I'm saying. but like I feel like like three, four years ago, he could have gone to play at any club in the world. And yeah. like when you make that decision to stay, I feel like it says something about where you want to be more so more so than like anything else. Mm-hmm. Cause they've missed the champion. Like they missed the champions league this year. He could have, he could have demanded out, but yeah. I think that he legitimately likes being in Naples. Yeah. I think Osiman's gone. Yeah. I think regardless of what happens, Osiman's gone. I think I think Osiman makes him move to the Premier League. Yeah, 100%. I th- I think he I think he would translate so well to I that. I don't think so. I think Osiman's here for at least another se- another year. How you think old so? is Osiman? He's gonna be twenty two. Just I think, because De La Rocha is gonna get, want the, the King's ransom, yeah. you know, and who's gonna really go out and shell that money? Right. Well, Kuli I think stays. He, he'll be thirty one at the end of the season. Yeah, a defender you could still move at o- that point and Osiman, still play top. Osiman turns twenty three December 29th. If so. I were a betting man, I would think Koulibaly has a bigger chance of moving than Osiman. Just a be- hot guy. Just, just because, take. just yeah. because De Laurentiis. I'm looking at it from De Laurentiis' perspective. He is much more accommodating to move Koulibaly than it would be to to move Osiman. Why? Because Koulibaly is thirty one and probably nothing on the books. Right? Anything is capital gain if you sell. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What, what and also, f- like, there's there's a hunt, there's definitely a market. For yeah, but the, the, the yeah. way that Napoli structures those deals, it's not like the Osiman deal wouldn't be like a ton of plus Valenza for them because they he pay like seventy something million dollars. Yeah, right? but they pay most of it up front. Yeah, he they got him for I think eighty. Yeah, but I don't know. How I they think it was like eighty million. million that's how they do their accounting is that they like to spread it out over three years and they pay it up more up front than they in the first year I think than in the subsequent years. Oh wow! Learn something new every day, everybody. No, I think I think. I just think Koulibaly, he, he's in his like prime years and he has, you know, if I, I could totally see the whole marketing campaign. It's like, oh, Koulibaly, he's in his prime years. He served the club so well. You know, he's 31. You can get a fee for him now. And he's not going to have anything left over. Yeah. Right. Sell him now. Do it as a favor to him so he could go out and challenge in the Champions League. Right. Yeah. I totally see it. Yeah, I guess he's like a plug-and-play guy. He can go into a top team and just 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's a dual-footed ball-playing center back who's an aggressive defender. Like, he, how many of those are you going to get? He could have played in that in the Champions League winning Chelsea, Chelsea side. So could Romagnoli, but I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, like, one of the things, like, I'm thinking about it now, because I do think Osiman's going to be on the market. Like, regardless of if they sell him or not, I think he will be, like, he's going to get looks. People know about him now. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what Prem team would he even fit. And they seem like Arsenal. they all Arsenal, have... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, Arsenal. I think Arsenal would, would be... I mean, I'm not saying because I'm an Arsenal fan. I think just the way the team is set up and the well, I'm talking about, like, big... Premier League teams, Mark <laughs> big six. Um, not Arsenal. I could, I could see him if Tottenham don't get Lavage. They could probably make a move for him. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would be a that a I, would, interesting I would, I would, fit with I, I would personally, lo- I mean, I would hate it because he's on Spurs, but I would love to see the Conte Osimhen connection. I think him there, depending where Holland and Vlavich go, maybe a Man City. Could be. I Could think, be. I think like similar, like going off of the same vein here, Ruiz might eventually be gone too. I think that when he initially came that, over, that was he saw my next thing. As, yeah. a, as a stepping stone club. And, and he's, he, been, he's been on great form this yeah, year. Yeah, because Spalletti kind of did with Brothers, not to the same extent of like the position, but he found the role that Fabio Ruiz can thrive in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I just hope that they finish that four because I do want to see this team against European opposition and see how they do because I think it would be very fun to watch. And also it's one of the mainstays of Italian football. You know, it's, you know, you want to see a team like Napoli in there. You want to see those Maradona jerseys? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. But we talked about Napoli. We talked about Atalanta a little bit and I want to kind of dig deeper into it. Out of the top four, do you think Atalanta is the one team that everyone fears the most when they come into town as a title contender? No, no, no. Uh, it's Inter, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's Atalanta. Uh, povero io. Kyle <laughs> <laughs> never compliments his own team, but yeah, defend. I mean, they're the, they're the defending champs. They've been on crazy form for the past something like eight weeks now. Inter, like they've been really good. Yeah, I mean, like Atalanta is good, but I think that like if you're looking at them on paper, the team that you're more concerned about getting goals against is Inter. I yeah. think that they have a better defense, and I think that they are also striking really well right now. Like Hakan's on crazy form, Jekko's MVP of Serie A, maybe not really, but no. he's MVP scoring, with, with right? Hakan. Yeah, so th- that one would that that would fucking hurt. <laughs> I, I I understand your point, but there, there there's one thing within that I've seen throughout this season. I kind of saw a little bit when I was looking back at highlights. They miss a lot of chances. Yeah. Enter. That's that's my only negative thing about them is that especially with like the in Champions League was the most adamant that I've seen. They would have six or seven chances to put a clear cut goal away and they can't. They, once they get to the 10th chance, then they put one in. For a team like Atalanta, you need to get those chances in early. Yes, they beat Atalanta early in the season, but that's not they the Atalanta. Did. What? They didn't. Oh, they, they tied? They tied. They tied. DeMarco missed the penalty even, in the last e- minute. Even still, with a team like against Atalanta, you need to take those chances. Like you can't give them fight to be in the game. You need to kill them off early. And I don't think Inter do that to a, a consistent enough degree. I, I just think if you have to pick the teams that are on their day, if you if you had all the teams in Serie A on their day. Fully healthy. Fully healthy on their day. Who's the mo- who's the most dangerous? Atalanta. I think Atalanta too. Because they're without Gosens and without some... Who's the other dangerous, wing Dangerous. I guess if you... Like dangerous. Yeah. I, I, think Atal- I think Atalanta's biggest issue has always been consistency. But if they show up to the match... It, I don't think there's yeah. a team in Italy that can beat them. And you still have Ilicic, who's not really playing to prime Ilicic. 
where, where we've seen him, where he, where he has they, his head right. They, he's are, really good. they are four points back off the lead, and they haven't had their, their, their starting fullbacks, who are essential to the way Gasparini wants to play. Yeah. Golson's, I think, was their second leading goal scorer two years ago, and, he, and he's been out the entire year. So, I mean, Atalanta, if they're starting to cook, and if they get Jeremy Boga... Yeah, that's I, a game I was, was going to feed into that. You know, with with the rumored Boga transaction, I mean, that's just another gun in the in the arsenal. It's just, it's ridiculous. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, right. Even if you buy the argument like, oh, on their day, they're the most dangerous. That's not the point of the season though, right? Like it's a 38-match season. You're going to have injuries and it's about how you deal with them. And the fact of the matter is like, for the early part of the season, they maybe didn't deal with it as well as they should have. They're red hot right now. But like I think that that's more of a criticism of Gasparini than anything else. Is that like their the consistencies? There's issue. Their issue. Why has it been? Figure that out. And then they need to be consistent for two thirds more of the season if they want to win. And who's more likely to be consistent over that period of time? In my mind, like that's yeah. the question that you have to ask Inter or Atalanta. And I tend to think it's going to be Inter. See, I, I think Atalanta may have more depth. To be honest, I think, in, especially in the midfield, like the people that they can bring on, Froehler, Derun, um, Hatabur. Um, Hat- Hat- uh, you said you said the midfield, right? The midfield. Uh, what's Pessina. Pessina. Pessina's been a no show. We have has Pessina he been injured. Play, Pessina played last. last I'm saying, like, yeah, I haven't played. seen. I haven't seen him frequently. But in Malinowski, the like, who, who can rip it from they're everywhere. They're so yeah. deep in the midfield. I think, and up top, you have Muriel. You have Zapata. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Yeah. You know what's another thing about them though? Like, if you guys to pick a team and like who's gonna get the most out of some like random Primavera player oh, that's it's, coming it's, up, it's, it's them. Atalanta. That's yeah. actually like that's a hundred percent them. They're a huge system team. <laughs> and then they'll sell it to somebody for like forty million. I think we'll I think the team I think the team you're thinking suck. about is Juve. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, or or Spurs now. I yeah. saw Kulusevski linked back to Atalanta for January. Yikes! I don't, I don't think that fits. I don't, I, I, Listen, the thing is, like, I hear anybody going to Atalanta. I'm like, I'm just going to reserve my judgment. Yeah, yeah. like, it's it's like that, that might work out. Huh? It, so Demiral, yeah, right? Like, he's killing it now. Yeah, he's scoring goals. Well, he's on loan. They didn't buy him, right? They bought yeah, him. It's like a compulsory loan situation. Oh. But like with with Atalanta, it's like every guy. It's like, are they a gasp guy or not? Because if they get there and they were nobody before. And they are a gossip guy. They can be massively successful. And then you can yeah. be like a high quality player. Get there. You don't gel with gossip. Gone. Yeah. You're useless. So, it, I mean, with that, for Boga, that's, you know, an interesting thing. And then I don't know if Kulusevsky ever even trained with them. No. Right? He no, was, I don't think he ever him. played a game for no, he, Yeah, no, he yeah. didn't. Him, that kid Diallo, who was playing in the Champions League for yeah, Manchester United, like 45 million. million. Yeah. Isn't he like still like only 20? He's, he's Pellegrini, yeah. I think. No, Pellegrini is, uh, never mind. No, Pellegrini was, general. yeah. I was thinking of, yeah, sorry. So now we, we brought up Gasparian. I want to ask the question. If I think you do give Gasparian an extension, but how long would you guys give Gasparian the extension for? I think he's already signed. Yeah, just signed. He signed? That's what, that's what I'm I, asking. I mean, the answer to that is as long as he wants. I yeah. think that, that that pairing is too good right now. Like, why the hell wouldn't you give the guy a five-year contract? Yeah. It, I remember when they were deciding between him and Papu. Right, like that was the yeah. big thing. It's like, yeah. who do you go with? Do you go with your star captain or do you go with your coach? I was in the boat of the coach. I saw the argument the other side, but I think now looking back on it, that was the right decision. Yeah, because then when you bring in a coach and you have all these players, you have to 
like tear the team down, get to the roots, and then build the backup game with a whole new system. I think that just it, he has do to you be have to do that. I don't know. You've seen you over the last few years. Well, <laughs> he has to be the longest tenured coach in Serie A right now. He has to be. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Um, because he's been there since before. Piali. It's it's been it's maybe Sinisa. Sinisa's been there a long time. It's it's got to be at least four years. He's been at Atalanta. Because they've been in the Champions League for what, three years in a row now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. I I I. When they're not playing Napoli, I love them because they're the they're the little engine that could, and now they're proving that they can become a big engine that could just because they're they're taking it to the big guys. I mean, the Manchester United say what you want, but they took it to them. They kind of messed up their own game. Blew it twice. Blew it twice, and they had and they go. Yeah. No, he's times. definitely the longest. He's been at Atalanta since six, 2016. Yeah, so wow, Just it's five years. Sinisa has been at Bologna since 2019. Yeah, Pioli, so. I think the same kind of timeline. Yeah, Inter, it's a revolving door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Juve even more so. Juve, it's every year new co- new new coach. Sorry, Rocco. Um, but all right, I want to now transition to Mike's team, Milan. They, when I saw them in Champions League, they looked flat. And I remember we talked on a pod where you were saying that Pioli runs their team, runs his team into the ground. And that kind of leads to why they're so hot early on. Now they're kind of sinking back. Do you think that these injuries are part of that? Or do you think it's just because of the, now they're in Champions League? I think the injuries are like the Milan lab has lost whatever secret formula they used to have. Like every, you're talking about like, like if it used to be like, I remember like it would be like, oh, like. 55-year-old Sadorf just played 16 straight games. Yeah. He's getting a game off. Why? And now it's like uh, like you have 20-year-olds who are like pulling up lame and missing weeks at a time. So I don't know what's going on over there. Um, the uh, Speaking of Pellegri, the, him playing 15 minutes and getting pulled the other day. I mean, like, poor guy can't, like, stay healthy. But that was, I don't even know why he's on the pitch if he yeah. can't, whatever. That's besides the point. Uh, I think it's, you know, I I think that playing the six extra Champions League games doesn't help, especially because you're not really rotating Milan so much. Yeah. They've had, even even when they've tried to rotate, you end up getting a lot of the same players coming back into those games as subs just because Milan can't win if they're not at full strength. Uh, They've proven that time and time again. It's definitely partially up up to the fact that Pioli runs the team hot, I, and that's his style. It works, and it brings out the best of a lot of guys. I think you're seeing that in a lot of the youth development that's happening this year. But it happens to every team. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that being like, oh, we've got injuries is really an excuse because you could look at every team that's won a Scudetto and be like, they missed key player for X amount of games. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's happening to Milan right now is just happens over the course of a I season. Got a, I got a question for Mike. Now with the Kyer injury... What's your biggest need in January? Because I think before we would have said striker, yeah. someone, someone that can sub in for you know the two archaic ones you have. <laughs> um, does this change things? I mean, it's a it's a tough question, right? Because it's like, do you want to bet on Tomori, who's already been injured, and Romagnoli, who is not good <laughs> exactly? <laughs> to, to be healthy the, the rest of the way. Because if they're not healthy, you're talking about putting Gabia in. And, like, Gabia, I mean, that game against Fiorentina was just bad. Yeah. 
And then after Gabia, I don't even really know who steps up, right? So, like, I guess center back potentially. With this whole striker thing, I mean, even if, like, Giroud and Ibra are out for an extended period of time, when Ante Rebic comes back, you can kind of false nine it. I yeah. don't love that fit. But and also, and also Leao's hurt, too. Yeah. So, you, like, not to cut you off, but, you know, your offensive firepower... You have depth. They're just all injured right now at center back. I feel like you really don't well, have I mean, you depth. could always just throw Krunic up there. That's a guy anywhere. Literally, bags I, of goals. I think he was playing fullback yesterday. Yeah, he's just doing it all. But I, I think it has to be center back now. I, I think, like, you can't trust the health of Tomori just on the fact that he's been injured already. Yeah. And then the depth is already reason enough. They've been linked to Bremer from Torino. That'd be a great purchase. But I, I don't see Torino making that move. Why would they do that? He's such a vital part of that team right now. Unless Milan pink, uh, pays a king's ransom for it, which this Milan I, board won't do. I, I would be shocked just because Jodic has already made comments to Cairo saying, no, I need to keep my guys. I need to bring in players. I can't keep losing players. So I'd be shocked if he goes, but if you do, if they do pull it off, that's quite a coup. That'd be a huge January yeah. move. I mean, the only the only way I would drop this whole like Bovero Inter thing would be if I knew that the Milan starting center backs were Romagnoli and Gabbia. Like that would that would bring me. Don't, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bob? <laughs> don't you put that evil on me? So I agree with Mike's point that then you were center back, but I'm gonna go with a slightly different angle with it. I think you go with center back because instead, yeah, your defenses keep you in games. And I think that, yeah, it may not be great that you can't really score goals with it because they don't have a forward that's consistently healthy. But I think if you get that center back that can add depth and it can add stability, you get 0-0 draw instead of losing 1 or 2 nothing. I think instead, yeah, that's important, especially now that we have such a tight title race. Any points you get are crucial. And I think that's why I think I agree with Mike with the I think back. they need to bring in a player like the Kyer they thought they were getting, who when you, when they first bought Kyer, he was like, okay, he's going to rotate amongst the three, right, right. right? Like he's good enough to start a couple of games, like, like veteran leader, whatever. Kyer ended up becoming a stud instead of, yeah, right. I would be shocked if you find someone like that affordable in January. I mean, like Maldini's going to go back to his magic bag of players that he's got in <laughs> France and see what he could pull out. Or Real Madrid rejects. Yeah. Yeah. That one hurts. They all burn out after a second. Thank you, Teo. I mean, Teo. Teo's another problem, right? Like, I mean, we were mentioning this early, but like, there was a there was a point last year where I was like, Teo Hernandez might be like a top three left back in the world, and now I'm like watching this dude, and I'm like, he can't do anything <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like part of your negative sentiment towards him is just. Is flops, yeah, he flops all the time. Flops I think a lot like on the ball. Like, who are all these better? You know, no, who's I mean, a better left back. Than sure, him? maybe not, but like, I feel his like brother. watching. Yeah, his, his brother's better, but watching him, like, he's not like getting by defenders anymore with the same kind of pace, and he's getting beat on offense a lot uh, on defense a lot more than he was last year. Like, he looks bad at the back. He did look really bad yesterday. There was like a sequence, of, like you even pointed out, he's like he turned the ball over five times. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you press him and he's, you know, if he can't run into space, yeah, he's got and, and that Liverpool high press is not the game for Tio to like play. And he just, <laughs> and don't he got forget, absolutely I mean, so Swallow ate him up. And yeah. I, I love my boy Berardi, but he's not Salah, right? And then Milan is lucky he's that not? Salah didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Calabria he's Salah. not. Wait, what? Yeah, what's going on with Calabria? I feel like he's been out for a little while now. What did he have? I'm not sure injury? what his timeline looks like, but it, you can, you, that's a palpable. Yes. A yeah, he's loss. That dude, I mean, he's another one that could kind of plug holes, but he's he's more of a rock defensively than anything else. He can get forward, but 
especially with a center back out, especially with Teo playing sub Teo level right now. So yeah. it's bad. So the thing I'm curious to to look out for with Milan is yesterday was the first game that I saw Mike Magnan have like played poorly. There were a couple where he was hitting them right back. Oh, into I the mean, path. on that second goal, he parried it right back into the middle. Yeah, like he. And I and I think you know he's the game before the there was a Sassuolo game really bad, it wasn't really his fault. Those were you know, but still that takes a mental toll on you seeing goals go in on you. And then that game against Liverpool poor. Like let's see, this is the first time he's facing adversity in while he's been at Milan. Let's see how if he bounces back. I'm confident in him, but something to look out for, especially now that he doesn't have Kyer help there to help. I think one thing that does help him in that regard is that. He can do literally no wrong in the eyes of Milan fans. <laughs> so it's say, not like yeah. anyone's turning on the guy, right? Like no. I think he could shoot a couple own goals just like straight into the back of the net, and people would be like, "Ah, he's not done a room." And, and like, also, this this is this is the first like bad game he's had. No, I know. That, like I think, and also, it, like the the Liverpool press and Liverpool defense is a it's a different animal than what you're I'm seen saying. Performance yeah. wise, if he starts getting in his own head, performance wise. really quickly though. Rocco sent me this. Did you see what the uh, the team of Group B was, who the goalie was? Manjan? amazing. It was yeah. Tata Rusano. Tata Rusano. Oh, Are you serious? <laughs> Wait, he made the team of the, the group? Team of the group. Yeah, hold on, let me pull up this team. It for was, what? It was like for, 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 know, for, Champions, for Champions League. For Champions League. The group. His, hang on. Were stats like, that Have great? you seen the man? He's a yeah. god. Well, yeah, he saved one great teams. penalty. Oh, it's my him, God. Like eight Liverpool players, Leao and... I, think so. I was about to say, it has to be... Wow. There has to be a bunch of Liverpool. I'm surprised Allison isn't in there. It's all Liverpool. Yeah. It's all Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool looks it's, scary. Yeah, and I mean, they, they went perfect in that group. That's kind of nuts. They went perfect and they didn't give up, like, they gave up barely any goals. The most goals they gave up were to you guys. They didn't even break a sweat against Milan yeah. yesterday. <laughs> like, they rotated their lineup and just, like, looked the better team the entire time. Yeah. Liverpool Academy came in and... Yeah. God yeah. damn it. But let's... Well, let's oh, listen, I've been there. I remember Ansu Fati three years ago lighting Inter up. So don't worry about it. Like it happens. I feel. I feel like all this. Uh, there's a lot of UCL performance repute teams light up Inter. Just, just throwing yeah, it just, out there. Just throwing it out there. The games we're expected to win, and then we go in with some sort of confidence. We always lose. It's the way it works. You, we need you as. They need you as manager. I'm not. We. I'm not associated with Inter. I don't want to get that, that that garbage out of my mouth. Yeah. But before we move on from Milan, I have a question. For everybody else, do you think if you had to pick a team to fall out of the top four, more likely Milan or or Napoli? Because like I kind of hinted at this earlier. Yeah. How do you guys see this? You want to mm. go first, Marco? Yeah, I think I think Milan for two reasons. One, I think their issues are more than just injuries. I think that they don't have like a spirit. When they play at times, I think that's very like troublesome to see. And I think also the coaching, I think, is another issue. I think I trust of the two, I, I trust Paletti more to get them into top four because he did it. He's he has a proven track record of doing it with multiple teams and contending with multiple teams. Purely, we talked about it last week with the last pod with him or it was between him and Ranyik, and you said you would have went with Ranyik. I think now. People are starting to answer the, ask that question themselves. Like, why do we not get Ranić at the time? I think Pioli kind of ran his race with Milan right now. I think they're done. Are these contending for the title? Top four? I don't know. I, I ideally want both of them there because I think it'd be really interesting to have them there. But I think if I were to choose the two, it would be Milan due to one coaching and two. I think the players don't have the spirit to like play well consistently and like be positive in their approach to the games. 
This negativity, Mark. What? what? I don't know where this is all coming from. Yeah, where is this all coming from? They had two bad games. Three bad games. I've had a rough week. Jeez. (laughs) I'm just miserable as a person. I think both are going to stay in. No, I said I I had to pick one. Okay, I'm picking one. I think I'll I'll be be very simple. Napoli has a better roster. More depth, whatever. But they also have the greater injuries. If, you know, if they bounce back and they get their bo- their full roster, then Milan are more likely to fall out. But, all th- you know, if if these injuries continue, I'm going to go Milan. I'm sorry, I'm going to go Napoli is more likely to fall out. Okay. I think it's crazy that you have Marco here saying how bad Milan yeah, are. Yeah, seriously. They're leading the league. They're two games away from being winter champions for the second consecutive year, right? Because that, that means so much. It yeah, yeah, so much. Because, yeah, like, there. yeah, like last year, the there. same thing happened. I think, I think it's the curse of death, to be honest. The winter be. Champion. Well, it didn't, didn't hurt you, Beth, or... Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. No, I, I don't know. I'm, it's when there I, are good teams in the league. Well, the, right the only reason, like, they are a couple Easter right now, but the only reason I bring it up is because I think the injury woes are pretty bad there too. Like we were talking about how bad it is for yeah. Monopoly. We're, you know, Kyer is gone. Calabria is still out. Kyer's out for the season, right? He's done. He's gone for the season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're always going to have injuries at the, at the striking position for Milan. I don't know. I, I look at the team and I guess it's the pessimist in me and I see them. What is it? One point up on Inter right now. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, uh, Oh, I don't Paul think. Oh my! No, I mean, you I, you have no but, right to no, talk. I know that, no, I'm saying it purely from a hypocritical standpoint. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think I think I think the, the injury problems scare me a decent amount. Uh, I don't know. To finish to finish over my point, I'm cold on Napoli right now because of their current form and because their injuries and because of Afcon. Um, Milan need to get a center back in January. I don't know who it's going to be, but Donny doing anything. Donny's too good. He started in a clean sheet Champions League game. No. Today. Clean sheet. He started. Fantastic. In wherever Malmo is. Where's Malmo? Sweden. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to check um, before I made a mistake. So yeah, for me, Napoli more likely to drop out. I don't know. Milan. Yeah. I think I agree. I think I agree that Napoli is the more likely. But Milan, I, I mean, they give me the heebie-jeebies. That's because you're a Milan fan. So. No, that's because I've seen them for the past decade. The man. worst part is, the worst part is, no one's questioning like who's coming into the top four if they fall out. Like we all have that evil I mean, boogeyman that we're is. all thinking yeah. about. They're gonna get 38 penalties. <laughs> Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And also, they're all gonna like they're gonna have a new like uh, they're gonna have a new 500 million dollar <laughs> player coming in. Yeah, Pavard. <laughs> Gonna clean their books. He's gonna get rid of all the debt. He's gonna add liquidity. Our code is sold for three hundred fifty million. Yeah, world record. Trip. No, they're gonna they're gonna put all their their accounting in Lida, and they're just gonna account it that um, way. Yeah. Um. But in case you know, I want to make it official. We're going to Juven now. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, it's the best time of the oh night. I love this. I literally think about this all Getting the time. The oh my here. god. All right, I'm just going to go to Rocco first before I get to you two yeah, sick we need, fucks. we need sensical. Um, Rocco, what do you think of Juve now after having a, a string of decently good results? Yeah, uh, they they don't look great still. I yeah. think like a lot of people are really cold on their weekend performance against Genoa, but they had like, and Genoa is a miserable team, right? But mm-hmm. I think Juve had like 65% possession, 25 shots to... Genoa no shot like literally I don't think yeah, Genoa they, had a shot they dominated that game um, 
they didn't convert a lot of the chances, and that's like you were saying earlier about injury. Yeah. It's just that's obviously not good. Um, today it's harder to really judge what their performance looked like. You know, they rotated pretty hard. They started a 19 year old at at right back. Yeah, Coney DeVinter. Um, but today, like another thing that's just been plaguing them, like Kane played okay, but had chances to score. You know, three, four goals. Yeah. He scored one on the greatest cross anyone will ever see from Bernardeschi, but... Um, Future Milan I was star. I was literally <laughs> going to make that joke. I was looking at Mike first to see if he was going to say there. That's the thing. He it's really was. a good player for Milan. He's a, He's been a good player. Pastorello's for, lining for up the kill shot, man. He's he's the he's the one guy on Juve I genuinely root for with all my heart. I love... <laughs> I, I want him to succeed, Bernardeschi. I really do. I feel bad for him. But I want to comment on what you said. I, th- I think with Juve... See, I understand your concern with the missing chances, but I think I'm more. I I would be more optimistic that they're actually creating these chances, because I think that that's a big stumbling block with Juve is that they're not really creating enough. And now this is the first game again, be it yeah. against Genoa, but they are creating chances. I think that's a positive sign to see. Yeah, but I think one one issue today that was a bigger issue than it was against Genoa on the weekend was um, you know, Sukiesa's out, right? Yeah, so that's one gone. Kulusevski, who's who was pretty good as his replacement the other day, had some, like, sinus surgery. So he was out for today. I think he's just missing, like, a week. Okay. It, they took Dybala off at halftime today. It's unsure if it's because he wasn't feeling well or if he, like, tweaked something. Yeah. And so in the second half, there was there was nothing. Like, they were playing Kane and Morata through the middle. I was I was hoping and expecting maybe to see something from $80 million man Arthur. Um, just because you you think he has like the keys at that point because there's yeah. no other creative player on the field other than Berna, I guess. Um, Is Kyle George fit? He's not on the Champions League squad. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but he he didn't do anything today. So uh, that's one of my issues that I took away from today. Is just that where are chances gonna come from if uh, if Dybala and Chiesa aren't there? Because I do think. Like, Dybala was, has been creating some chances the last couple of games. He's looked pretty good. But without yeah. him, without Chiesa, without Kulu, which is crazy to say. It's just, he's a body. So, without him, uh, yeah, I don't know where, where their chances are going to come from. Yeah, you, you bring up Kulusevsky, and, you know, me and Glenn have been watching the Juve All or Nothing on Amazon re- religiously for some reason, because I think we just like seeing um, Pain? misery. <laughs> I couldn't think of the right just word. Just like Pirlo. Yeah. Um, but no, in, in the documentary, the, one thing that they've done, we've, we've gone, I think actually halfway through it, but Kulusevsky looked really good in it. And I think that, you know, I'll touch on the last part where he said that Allegri doesn't trust young players. I think that if you put trust in Kulusevsky, I think he can add you something again. It's hard because he's had seen such inconsistent minutes, but I think he's one of those players that if you put him in the right position, and you give him enough time to really work out the system, I think he can be really well for you guys as a good either case replacement or even on the left. Because Kiesa needs to be right. on the right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's I think, one of the, the biggest things about this, like, recent change for Juve playing actual wingers on the wings is that, like, this whole season, like, Kiesa's been starting whenever he's fit, right, on mm-hmm. the right. And then on the left, like, you have Kulusevsky. And granted, like, so he's he's a guy who likes to cut in and shoot from his, from his left foot. Mm-hmm. But... That doesn't mean he can't do anything from the left side. Exactly. And that doesn't that's mean he's not yeah. better than Rabiot on the left side. So it's like, yeah, I do. Th- and that's that's where I think he's he should be playing, yeah. you know, because I do agree that Chiesa needs to start. And then they can switch and stuff intra-game. But yeah. 
And also, um, I don't yeah. think I don't think you can put him up top. Like either of those guys, they don't fit well up top. They're Who not. Doesn't like he can't pick out a pass. That's as what I'm saying. Like yeah, Dybala. he can't take Dybala's role. He doesn't have no no that shot. skill level. And uh, I don't know if he makes the right runs to be like your, your classic number nine type guy. So I think yeah. like playing on a wing does suit him. It's just finding space for him or just playing him on the left where there is space for him. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say this: if, if like what we're like all except Rocco scared about is Juve having a shot to crack top four. If that happens, I'm not going to be happy about it because they're like week, what is it going to be like 35 through 38 is a joke. They'll have Salernitana who might not be in Serie A because Lotito can't figure out a solution to this. Yeah. Um, Salernitana, Genoa, Venezia, and that's who they have next week. And then they close on Bologna, who's a t- it's a tougher team. But yeah, you know, but we have yet to see. We're not even having to see. They might collapse. Well, exactly, right? So I think that, though, like you're looking at them playing yeah. like three teams that like are slated to be in the relegation battle, and then Bologna, right? I, that makes me uncomfortable as like a, a fan of, I guess right now, Atalanta, but as any of the top four teams being like, crap, uh, Juve's got a pretty easy schedule to close things out this year. This is another thing with my, like, I don't, I'm not sold on um, Napoli making top four, right? It's that Juve, the next three games are Venezia, Bologna, Cagliari, and then they have Napoli, right? Yeah. So if, if Napoli are still inconsistent the next few games because they're missing guys and they're not playing too well, and Juve take nine points that they should take in the next three games, if the gap closes a couple of points, I'm not saying obviously that it'll be, you know, the nine points that I think is currently what the, the spread is between the two of them, but yeah. That game on January 6th becomes a huge six-pointer maybe for, like, who gets the last spot in the top four. Yeah. Galan, you had you had an uh, evil smirk. <laughs> oh, my God. I, they're going to they're gonna get in. They're going to get in. <laughs> no, I know it. I, I see it already. It's coming. Galan's already crying. Uh, I, I see him, like, holding back tears already. I see I legitimately it. think, like... Like I, I don't like Juve. I think Guy would like be okay with like inter dissolving if it also <laughs> meant Juve dissolved. Like he's such a no, psycho about no. this. I so I think I think uh everyone touched on, on on some great points. I think the the encouraging thing is that Locatelli seems to be working now a little bit yep. better. I think um whatever magic Allegri did in the midfield, but it, whether it's changing it Two at three five uh four four two uh, three one four two three yeah. one or some different form of four four two. Locatelli looks a lot better. Um I the one thing with Juve that I think people that then they need to be you know understanding about is that Allegri teams in spring skyrocket. And I think with that in mind given that the potential injury injuries that are going on, I think I'm I'm warming up to the idea of Juve being in the top four. And you think you're gonna take Napoli's spot? I don't know. I I think it'll come down to January, to be honest. Yeah. Right now Milan looks very vulnerable. Napoli looks like a temporary problem. Like it's their injuries, it's whatever. Milan looks more of like overall depth. They have issues. And I think that's that's the problem. Like, yes, both have injuries, 
right? Napoli has them to their stars, like to their like to their best players. Yeah. And I don't think Milan has that same problem right now. But the depth for Napoli is showing more through than the than the depth for Milan. Fair. That's a fair point. Any any further thoughts well, on this? I, I think one of the things that you were talking about earlier was the sort of personnel change, right? And and like we've heard a bunch of people say it, we heard Guy say it on this pod that he doesn't think that Chiesa and Dybala can play together. Do you think that plugging I guess Chiesa would come in for Kulusevski and you'd still have Berna on the left. Do you think that that makes things better between them, more harmonious? Yeah, I mean, I think that... I mean, I know I was just, like, banging the table saying Kulusevski should be starting on the left. I think that the thing that Bernadeski gives you is he's a guy who will work a little bit. Um, like, I think last year, Pirlo played him as, like, a left wing back sometimes, which yeah. obviously is not an ideal spot, but the fact that he could do it means that he, like, is willing to give the effort and has the tactical awareness to get back and defend. I'm going to challenge Julio real quick. He's got Grinta. That's what he's got. Sorry. Julio's sick, so I uh, hope you get well, buddy. But I had to say Grinta for you. All right. Sorry. Keep um, going. So I think that could help because it, that, I mean, Dybala plays completely free, right? He yeah. has, he's technically, I guess, like in that number 10 occupied space. But when you watch Juve, sometimes he's coming back to, mm-hmm. to their defensive half to get the ball because no one else is moving it forward that well. Um, and Chiesa really doesn't want to come back and defend. So I think that that helps you balance it. And I think that maybe that's the key to unlock playing them together just because if there's work rate on the other side, then you can try to, like, focus, I don't know, your attacking guys a little bit more on the right and free up Kiesa and Dybala to connect, go for it, you know, try to make passes and runs. I don't think they can coexist. I, I don't. I think any way... Any, you mean Dybala and Kiesa? Dybala and Kiesa. Yeah, I, yeah. I think any way you put Dybala... If you put Dybala in the midfield, right... Then you have then you have a numerical disadvantage, right? Because Dybala is not going to play defense, sucks, yeah. and then you have Locatelli, who's not known for his defensive prowess, right? He's not someone that's going to screen the defense. He is a uh, he'll pass the ball, he'll break down defenses. That's what he does. And then you have who next to him? Like that's the big question. There's only one guy that maybe man, could put a defensive yeah. shift to cover one Locatelli not being good defensively and Dybala not playing defense at all, and that's Bentoncourt, maybe. Oof. Right, like th- yeah, you or, say or, Mc- or McKenny or, or McKenny doesn't have defensive ability either. He runs a lot. He yeah. runs a lot, but that's not yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, he, he I, eats I, a lot. I, I he's think, basically Belotti playing the midfield. Yeah, but I think I think McKenny, you can teach him to be a I more defensive. Th- person. As a holding midfielder, McKenny, he's still I, relatively he young. Hold the ball, I don't think. I don't think he has like the passing range to distribute. But I think I think if you're a midfield, like let's put it this way, the Lazio of old, I think would steamroll this 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 uh, formation. With Dybala in the midfield, yeah. I think that is, that is a problem. Dybala can't play as a trequartista. He can't. Mm-hmm. He could play in a front two, and he could play as a number one up top. I think that's his. That's the only way it works. But Allegri's never going to do it. He's not going to put Dybala as the number one up top, and he's not going to have Chiesa next to him. He's going to be Morata up top, maybe Dybala behind him, and then you got to find something for Chiesa. I don't know. I think yeah. ultimately, like, Max is kind of scared to play all those guys. I mean, yep. do you just remember a few years back when Menzukic was on Juve and he played, he was like, oh, this is the like the five-star attacking team and he mm-hmm. had Menzukic playing on the left wing, but that's because Menzukic was like crazy and would come back and defend as if mm-hmm. he was an actual defender. But I think playing two center midfielders like in the modern game is hard to find balance. Um, so I do think like Juve can beat up on small teams playing exactly. four attacking players, but 
yeah, Locatelli and who is the problem? Because, I mean, a lot of people are saying they're going to try to move on from Ramsey. <laughs> Pogba? Good luck. I don't know who would take but him. But even even Pogba in this role doesn't... <laughs> I, think, I mean, like, he would terrible. never come Pogba back. Be, Pogba, Pogba $5 million all, transfer because of the Juve's accounting? Yeah. Uh, no, I think Pogba, though, he, like, doesn't want to defend either. So I think you need... You need a ball winner. But Ella? You, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't... Mean, I know, like... You need a, you need a vintage like right, Matic. Like, that, that would fit. You need like a vintage Matic. Yeah. Like something I, I in that caliber. I 100% could see Cassie ending up on that team. That's, that's, what, that's, that's you, how I was going there next. Yeah. I, think the, I think he fits that team legitimately better than he fits Milan right now. Because I think Tonali's better than him. And he needs to be starting. And I think Ben Acer is a different total role. Like, like, Tonali and, and, and Cassie are like for likes is what that, I'm that, saying. Yeah. And I think that Juve needs that kind of holding midfielder that can kind of absorb pressure but have an outlet pass i could see him ending up that would, ending yeah. up there and I it's agree. on a bosman like i i think it so makes a lot special. of sense yeah yeah if kessier was over 31 it'd be perfect <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> i don't know if he's if he's injury prone enough though if yeah you know, yeah he, he's and he runs too, too much that's true he needs to walk more mike mentioned that i can't take i can't take credit for that joke <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting situation, and I think that you know January is coming, and I think that they 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 can maybe buy somebody, <sighs> or maybe they just get they, they have to sell to buy. That's what I'm saying. Listen, yeah. if the I, if the Italian version of the IRS wasn't already looking at their books, now there's going to be so much high, like so much of a magnifying glass. They shouldn't like financially. I don't know how they would pull off pulling like bringing in a player that they need to fit that that midfield, yeah. right? Well, I mean, that's because Sassuolo's paying all of their bills for yeah, the exact 10 years. <laughs> I don't know how that worked out, but every single time it's like they're holding a gun to somebody's head. I mean, they, shit that the people are agreeing to out here. And then they're going to... Free two-year free loan, and then... They're going to lock the board in a coming back the other way, valued at 80. Yeah. <laughs> about that's a good point. They got to save money for Vlaovic, apparently, so... Yeah. I would be shocked if they bring anybody in, in January. I January, I don't think they, so. I think if they can somehow convince people to take Ramsey on a free because they're saying they would terminate his contract to let him go and that would save them they should I think he makes 8 million net a season Ramsey <laughs> yeah like, so much I, I, might be the highest someone's gotta give me his uh, his earnings per game <laughs> I need oh to that's right I want to see earnings per minute played can I see that <laughs> I never I'll never forget when because he loved Arsenal and Bosman too he, they didn't pay for a tra- fee from him he went straight to Juve and right. I'm looking at it and I was like what you know what's my favorite thing though? It's like you hear people that like watched him at Arsenal when he was still good, and they're like, "I don't understand why he's not playing." Even it's like you haven't watched soccer. Yeah, you yeah. haven't heard. Oh, Aaron when, he, when he's healthy, years. he's very good. No, but that's what I'm saying. He's like, never healthy though. You know, you're, like you don't know his history. Like that—that that was a big thing in Arsenal. It's like we're not going to because he was asking for a crazy amount of money. And Arsenal at the time, I was mad, but looking back, they were very smart. Like. We're not going to pay this guy's guy. For one time, who's you there? can say that about Arsenal. Who's there for a, se- a season and a half out of the four seasons that he's contracted to? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I read something from like a, a Welsh media thing complaining yeah. about how he never plays at Juve. And he's like, and the guy writing was like, legitimately, Aaron Ramsey is one of the best players in his role in world football when he's fit. And that just all made me laugh. I'm like, when is he fit? Also, that's ridiculous. But but, that, but that's what he's saying. It's like it's such a rarity. But like when he does, no, play, I think that guy was just like a big Ramsey show. Probably. I mean, he's Welsh. He's Welsh yeah. so yes. Well, here here's another question, right? So like we've been talking a lot about the possibility of Juve getting back into the top four, but we can't ignore the fact that they 
are in the next round of the Champions League, and that yeah. getting through is a huge payout, and they need that money. I think, I think it's like right? I think it's like forty million, Covered right? It's something crazy high yeah. like that, right? And, and it's like okay, like it's totally plausible that if they if they avoid like a bad draw, like a PSG, they can get into the round of eight. And I think that they need that money. Does Juve prioritize that? I I guess so, right? It's, it's hard because they need to make it next year. Well, they year need to also. make it to so they keep this to team sustainable. Everything. Yeah. They just need everyone to play 90 minutes every it's gonna, night. It's going to come down to the draw. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Because, I mean, like looking at this real quick, and I don't know, like the, because I know there's like weird other rules based on who, what other first place All, teams can play. But like, yeah, for Juve, it's only you, the. They can't play Inter. They can't play any team from their home country that's. Yeah. Been, like and I'm obviously, saying, and like, also they can't play the team that they were drawn with. Right. But like. Uh, just I, like quickly looking, like I don't know if there's like an English team in first that can't play a you know one in second, so it like makes it more likely that Juve would get some. But like the second place teams as of an hour, PSG, Atletico. I don't know if I guess only Atalanta can change, but they wouldn't be able to play them anyway. Quick, yeah. quick comment on PSG. Shout out to Jamie Carragher who said that <laughs> getting to the round of eight would be a good result for PSG. Nope. That man's a pundit. I would, I would love, I love gets, Jamie. That man gets paid Jay, to talk no, about Jamie, Jamie Carragher for uh, Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher is like Carragher. is similar to like a Stephen A. Smith, where it's like some of his points are pretty bad, but his entertainment value is top tier. Jamie Carragher and Micah Richards are primetime television in my eyes. I like Micah. Micah I like great, Micah. Micah is great. He's awesome, great. Yeah. I f- I I hate Jamie Carragher. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like him. Well, I know what I would love. I would love to see a third year in a row rematch of Bayern Munich versus PSG. I would love that. Because no. I think the way Bayern Munich are playing right now, they're flop. I mean, they had a controversial win in the Classicer this past weekend. But I think that there you go. Bayern... Speaking are- some German for this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, I was in the <laughs> mirror practicing for like a couple hours. I'm like, Dirk, that's a cur. I probably still said it wrong, but I'm going to roll with it. But like Bayern are absolutely flying right well, they're now. They're always flying. They're always flying. And like the, Must one, be nice. the one player, the one player out of all of them, I mean, yeah, you have Lee Wan, you have Kimmich, but the one guy who I think is really finally settled into his own is Sané. He scored today. And Sané on yeah. his day is a world beater. He can take anybody on one-on-one. He can shoot from distance. He can pa- like he's got the complete package as a wing. And he's tall too. So it's But like- he couldn't do it on a cold, <laughs> rainy Tuesday night in Stoke. And that's so, all that will is, ever here's matter. The thing, here's the thing. He 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 could. He just like he normal just people just didn't to. want to. <laughs> like, who would want to put yourself? What's that, that Jekko quote? It's like he was like, uh someone was like, Oh, do you want to go back to Manchester? And he's like and leave beautiful Rome where it doesn't <laughs> rain and the food is good. <laughs> I fucking love Jekyll. So Fed on Torres is going to leave Man City to go to Barcelona oh, for yeah. less money. 100%. Of course, like who wouldn't? A hundred percent. He's definitely like there, and it's like pouring rain and cold in like August. And he's like, I left where to to come <laughs> here. The, yeah. the best is I think there was I think it was a friendly, or I'm not sure it was actually a competitive game between England and Brazil. And Jesse Lingard was in the tunnel talking to Neymar and. He was like, and they asked him, was like, yeah, what did you talk to Neymar about in the tunnel? He goes, the weather. And <laughs> Raheem Sterling next to him was like, the weather? Are you stupid? Like, do you want him to come to England? You never talk about the weather there. Um, so, Rocco, what are the second place teams? I see uh, you have it up. Yeah. So, PSG, Atletico, Sporting, Inter, so who they can't play, uh, Benfica, Villarreal, RB, Salzburg. Well, Villarreal, not yet until they play on Toronto. Oh, right, right. So, that one could be Atlanta for yeah. them tomorrow. I'm not gonna lie. Aside from oh, so, so Salzburg and then and then Chelsea. So and they can't play Chelsea because right. they were in the group with them. So outside of PSG, PSG I think they're yeah. all. That's bad. pretty like, good. Atletico's good, right? 
Um, yeah, but Atletico is so wishy-washy. Athletic, right. Oh, my God. Atletico and Juve, I would have... That's some classic That's nap games. time right there. Some that's, classic some, games. that's some classic Yeah, who, who would you bet to score? It, it would be aggregate over two legs, one nothing to somebody. Yeah, of course it would. And it's going to be a penalty. It's not going to be... Well, Suarez, well Suarez, Suarez just got hurt. It doesn't matter. It's going to be one I'm saying any offensive power that Atletico might have, it's just not going to be... Killini, Suarez, brawl. Bite, part two. Benucci, Bite. Benucci high-fiving the ref over a penalty call. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. Point is, uh, those teams aren't that scary for you. The, it's pretty reasonable. <laughs> Those teams aren't that scary. Two, yeah. year ago, should, two yeah. years ago, should Juve. we go through the list of non-scary teams that Juve's played in the past three years? No, we shouldn't. We should not. <laughs> Mike almost upchucked water. Leon, Porto, Porto, yeah. Porto with Ronaldo. Oh, oh man. man! All right, Juve has <laughs> a chance of getting through. Based it's, on it's unless 50, it's PSG. 50. If it's, it's PSG, 50. there's no chance. Otherwise, there's a no, 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 a hundred percent. That's wrong. If it's PSG, you guys are gonna win like eight nil so, on aggregate. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I was about to say like with PSG, I that has a two-legged allegedly special written all over it, where they're just gonna put ten back and they're gonna make you break them down. Keeling is gonna kick Messi the entire time. Him out of the game. Yeah. No, no. Honestly, just force the ball to Neymar. Neymar's washed up. He's he's not Oof. as he's not as no. He's not Oof. as creative. He's not as creative. Oof, Mark, I don't the, know. I think the other two pose a much bigger threat than Neymar. I think if you choose, you have to you have to choose one of the that's three like, to to give the ball that's to like, Neymar. Yeah, someone's got a gun, <laughs> an Uzi, Look, and I a bazooka. It, I'm saying it out. I know. Pose, I know. It's a, you know, I the know gun it's a hot poses take. the less, I mean, less I least would really threat. Prefer Mbappe or Messi over Neymar. Yeah, like what? No, I'm sorry. I think you I realize think what you're talking about. I think here. Neymar's the weakest link on the, on the three of them. Yeah, I mean, if the weird <laughs> weakest link was a top yeah. five fucking player in the world. Yeah, did your weakest link? No, would, he's a top sixteen player in the world. Your weakest link is better than anybody on the team, like that you're going up against. I think you're in good. I shape. said, I said my piece. Yeah. I said my piece. Look, I know it's a hot take. I know it's a yeah. complete hot take. Yeah, it's just an untenable cake, uh, take. <laughs> Are you that <laughs> baffled? You can't yeah, speak English. Yeah, I am. All right, let's oh, move over say. to where it's always raining and sad in Gaetano's world and talk <laughs> about Inter, who are second in the league, <laughs> one point behind Milan. Let's hear the take on how all things are going to go poorly. I here. called it already. No, I already he, said it. He, said, he said, we're going to lose this game to Madrid, and that's going to start the downfall. It's true. And I'm going to start playing the violin and sing you a sad song. No, it's one, but I love missing that first group game. is going Knockout, knockout game. That's gonna be really bad. That's 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 a problem. I there's I don't know um, the first place teams that we could potentially be drawn again. But one I can guarantee it'll probably be like of quality. You probably get Bayern Munich. I mean I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. It's gonna be of quality, and we're gonna be missing our best midfielder. So we're off to a great start. And then in Serie A, I'm happy. I I wanted this next game is gonna be very important for me because I want to see how they bounce back. I want to see them come out really it's pissed off. Though. Like they I about to say they're not playing. They really should. Yeah. They, they should. Let's 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 see it happen. I, I want them to bounce back, and I want them to be effective, and I want to. What I think was interesting was Lautaro and Zeko. That hasn't gelled as well as I would have liked it to. Sorry, all of our devices are going off right now. Uh, that's, that's I think fine. it's good. Um, Zeko and Zeko and uh, Lautaro have not meshed as well as I would have liked them to. Right now, I think Correa with one of the two has worked a little bit better. We'll see. Um, 
Yeah, and I think Hakan has been on fire. Like this team, it used to be as Brozovic goes, Inter goes. Now it's looking like Hakan has kind of changed that. Where yeah, the scary thing about that is that like he might just not show up. <clears throat> no, in I know. the next few games. But I just want to point this out because Rocco was saying that Milan are about to finish Winter Champs. Inter closes out against Cagliari next week and then Salernitana, right? So that's six points, presumably. Milan's got... I don't know. Simi's on pretty uh, Simi. big form for Salernitana. Milan's got... Uh, yeah, Milan's got Udinese who just reeks trap they just fired him but they just tried their they fired their coach yeah but that's gonna wake them up and also udinese i just like have bad memories of from the early two like the mid 2000s when they were good when they had isla sanchez yeah and then obviously milan napoli to close things out which yeah more likely than not will be a nil nil boring draw but I, I'd bet that Inter's in a pretty good place within Italy. Like, obviously, those are Champions League's concerns, and they're pretty real. But back home, I think things look good. Well, yeah, I, I also think that um, I don't have the fixtures right in front of me, but I think you've played most of the big teams. We which, have. We which is all. I was just saying, which is good for you guys. The thing is, though, Inter's been predominantly healthy. Knock on wood, right? Like, we haven't really had to deal with an injury bug. Yeah. So that's going to be something to see because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. It's inevitable. Like it happens to every team, some more than most. But I'm not sure. I mean, we got to see how they how they get through it if when it comes. So even even still, I think you guys have the team where you have the depth that if you miss one or two big people, depending on the position. Yeah, who's the who? Jeko starts right. Zeko starts, and then who's behind him? Um, so Zeko and Lautaro side by side. Okay. Then some, Correa. and then Correa's behind them. Okay. And then Sanchez behind him. And then Sanchez are, is is a fourth. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no like that's, like for like no, swap out for Jekka. That's the problem. Yeah. I would love Skamaka. I would love Skamaka. Please make it so. I put him on the list of topics to discuss today because I'm just I'm in love with the player. I am. I think he's so good. I think he's so good. He's got so much to offer. Yeah, but, I, sh- I shut my computer because of that audio outburst. So. <laughs> Which is staying in the pot, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mike, go ahead. No, I, I like I think that those are all good points and like we've we've kind of spoken about Inter through talking about other teams and it's interesting like just getting the vibe check on it. I th- I think I don't know. I, I kind of feel the inverse of what Guy feels. Mm-hmm. I think that things look incredibly bright for Inter. I think that because they're not injured because they don't have any players going to Afcon because they have an ex- like an easy couple of weeks coming up they could kind of put a cushion between them kind of the same way that they did last year, like er, a little bit earlier, I guess, right? Like a month or two earlier and put like that. Yeah. Probably like a five put point cushion between them and second place. Unless Atalanta keeps ripping. Yeah. Cause I don't think Atalanta has many big games left too. Like they play Napoli, so. they play Juve, they played Inter, they played Milan, they played Lazio. I think the only game they have left is Roma and Fiore. I, again, mm-hmm. I don't have the, I don't have the fixtures in front yeah, of me. I think those are the only two that they have. That sounds right. They have Verona, then Roma, then, and then that's the end. That's of the, the end of the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so okay, so they played everybody. I mean, and Roma's a walkover right now for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, and we and, and we can like probably transition to this point after. But, but Verona's a giant killer. Verona's a giant killer, but Roma, you don't know what you're gonna get with Roma. Verona, that I don't know if this is on our talk. That game from last week was. Insane. Yeah, it's it's Verona. coming up. Okay, well, no. yeah, it's a, yeah. Hold off. Um, I think it's next. 
It is next. Let's but talk, let's talk about it. You want to talk about it? Let's right. talk about it. I didn't see the full game. I think Rocco and Mike, you guys saw the whole game, so you guys can talk more about it. Best game in Italy oh, so this good. year. Yeah, I mean, so first good. of all, derby even, match. Wait, even more than Lazio Udinese four four with two red cards. I think yeah. I think that wow. this game, just the way things lined up, the, the atmosphere in the stadium was insane because you have these two like smaller teams, both from the Veneto region, and and it's the first time that this derby's being played in Serie A. Oh, so it was it was an official derby match? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Okay. They're from the yeah, same they're region. Close. They're yeah, close yeah. cities. These fans don't like each other. It's like a tiny stadium. Too. Yeah, it, it looks like like a high teams. school you stadium. stadium. You say the fans don't like each other. Do the Verona fans like anybody? No, they don't. Yeah. Do Italians yeah. like anybody? There like, was an amazing moment in the game where Verona, I think, had just scored the third to level it. Oh, and so they sh- they pan to the ultras, and there's just a dude giving the middle finger to everyone around <laughs> him. It's just on TV. It was Everyone's incredible. celebrating except this one dude who's just get, like flipping everybody off. It's- Oh, Fantastic. Italy, the beauty. But just a really good game. I mean, like, I, I it's tough for Venezia because they need those points. I think that they need those points more than Verona does. Verona's kind of a mid-table team right now. Yeah. And to blow a 3-0 lead yeah. like that at home against <clears throat> a rival, I, and especially, like, when things can, like, can hit the fan pretty quickly for a team with that roster. They've been playing well, but... but so- they got Venezia got their red card pretty early, right? In the it was the sixty first. I, I, I think it was that it, was like two one, right? That, it was it was, oh, it was yeah three nil. I think it, it was three one at the time, and it was. Yeah, it was I know like, I know there's Venezia's one the yeah. worst the, the worst red card I think I've ever seen. One of the dumbest things ever. Like you're saying the ref made a bad call? No 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 no. So what happened on it is uh, Chicarelli was it? Whoever it was, right? Like he. Someone on Verona takes the shot, and he sticks Checaroni. his Checaroni, Sorry, he t- he sticks his arm up, a la Luis Suarez against Ghana in the 2010 World oh, Cup right, to right, right. stop it, and he knocks it out. Like he stops the goal, but he gives away the penalty. It's like, all right, shithead, but you're putting your team down <laughs> for ten men on half, like with a half hour left, and now the game's going to be three two because you're giving away a penalty. And also the atmosphere is going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like things all changed after that, after yeah. the Fire I, Nation came. But <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask, how's uh, as Americans, how does how did Busio look? He didn't play that long in this game. I think he was a sub, he came right? On, I think after the red, card, I've been so pretty encouraged what I've seen yeah. so far. He looks, you know. To offer a lot going forward, he, he he's played like fourteen he wants, matches. Yeah. He wants to like move the ball forward from the yeah. midfield. He's, he's not like nineteen, right? He's not like a lot of American guys who then come to or go to Europe and it's like he's a physical guy. Yeah, his thing is like McKenny. Like his thing is he runs. Um, yeah. he's a technical player, and you know people say he's he's like an American Pirlo, right? Because he's he's got long hair. First of all, <laughs> his dad's he's, from Brescia. His dad's from Brescia, so that's where Pirlo's from. Um. But I think, like, yeah, no one's like Pirlo, but he, he does play a nice play that he tries to move the ball forward and, like, mm-hmm. contribute to the attack. I don't know what Igor Tudor does, but <laughs> goddamn, he motivates those teams. <laughs> you Genius. see him in the, in the in, Juve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, He's, like, yelling at Weston McKinney at one yeah. point. Did they show the row between him and Pirlo that ended things? I wish. I, I want to see thing. that. Well, oh, we, haven't, we haven't finished it yet. I doubt. I think he's already, the point we are, he's already really? gone. Yeah. But I feel like with Venezia, I feel like they've been in this position where they get these leads and they 
kind of blow them, right? Or am I misremembering? I don't know if that's like a fair criticism. They've also done the inverse, right? Like they did well, the yeah, Roma. My, my point is they're a very pi, not pi, bipolar team where it's like they either play well and they attack well or they just don't and they just defend like crap. They're, set, they're, they're a set of B team. They're a set of B team. I mean, they're yeah. on 15 right. points, right? Like This is the red card. Sitting yeah, through fifth, like on on fifteen points, I, like they're not safe yet, but they're five points out of the drop zone. I think any one of us at this table who would have put put them there around the the uh, start of the second half of the season would have been like, "You're insane! That mm-hmm. is not a Serie A roster." But they're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm watching the red card that uh, Mike and Rocco talked about. And the guy not only sticks his hands out, he makes a diving save yep. to, to the upper ninety. And and the fact and then that he pretended to be injured. I was saying he, he lied down. He lied down to pretend to get to be injured. That way he had some sympathy from the ref. There, I was like, Nah, bro, you're getting the red. I'm sorry. And the but the ball still went in, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it went. I no, he stopped the ball because they took a penalty after uh, that. Well, yeah, he went into the net. But I think like going back to Verona, right? Because I think that they're like. You know, we're not talking about them enough. Just like generally speaking, I guess we could speak Sim- about Sim- the mid table. Yeah, Simeone is having a crazy season. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets a move somewhere, either in yeah, Italy or abroad. This, this feels like a Milan? good fit for him. Milan, you think? Like, I don't, I'm asking you. I don't. Know. I don't think so. I think like if you're looking at where Milan is in their rebuild, I think it's you need to take a step up on a player. Like you need not a Simeone level player. You need somebody better. Yeah. This feels like a good fit for him. He's doing well there. He seems comfortable. Caprari looked bright in this game, but Caprari is one of those guys who, like, I feel like for the past, like, he's five, been hi- six he's, he's years, been hyped up for so yeah, long. Like, oh, like he has individual moments of brilliance, and then he's just like, oh, but then he's Caprari. Yeah, like he's just kind of like. I, I remember when he, I think it was FIFA sixteen or FIFA seventeen. He was like one of like the on young Pescara. stars on Pescara. So good. Yeah, when he's good, he's really good. When yeah. he's not, he's La Padula. But I mean, when you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name, <laughs> but when you when you look at, I feel like him and and Simeone do have like a good chemistry with each other in terms of how they play. Like I think like they complement each other, and you know Simeone is bagging goals. I think there's a stat where his responsibility of his team's goals is up there. I think it Lewandowski's one, Salah is two. I think he's third for Hellsborn in the European top five leagues, which is. Absolutely insane. And he's shown that he's not a guy that shies away from the big games. Look what he did to Juve. And also, I think he did it to Napoli as well, where he just he takes over matches at times. And you love to see this from a Serie A fan. You love seeing these big teams get these points from the... The smaller teams get points from the bigger teams. And it, it's just great. I think it's great for the league. It's great for the exposure. And I, this is what Italian soccer is all about, especially with all these derby matches that are now coming up. So that's yeah. just my just really fun match. If you haven't watched it, I, it's it's like a quick ninety minutes. There's so many goals. It's and it's a really lively atmosphere. Just like awesome to watch. And also, yeah. as a reminder, like it's it's not always just about the big teams. Like yeah, these these small teams, really passionate fan bases. This is why you watch the game. Well, don't we have the Derby de la Lanterna coming up? Lanterna is this weekend. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that's a big match for for a lot of reasons. I mean, like Genoa's deep, deep, yeah, deep. Yeah, this, this is a relegation, and the fact that it's a derby on top of the, these teams hate each other. You know, to our five fans but, that listen to the pod, definitely watch the game. I am so curious for Genoa in January this year because Genoa suck in the first half of the season every year. Then Preziosi would do some magic. Magic, I mean, like borderline nefarious activity get players into the team 
and then save themselves from relegation. Now that we have like above board owners or so we think, what's going to happen? Is Genoa going to be able to bounce back or, you know, or do they need the dark arts to stay afloat? What do you just kind of divulge on the general for a bit? What do you guys think of the Shevchenko hire? I think it's, he, he was good with Ukraine, right? I mean, like he did well, he got them out of the group at the Euros. Yeah. Um, my issue is that did they get out of the group or am I right about that? They did. My, they made it to like this. They made it to like the quarters. quarters. Okay. The quarters. Yeah, yeah. England spanked him up good there. Yeah. Right. My, yeah. my issue with Shevchenko is I think, and we made this point on the pod before international soccer Milan is, a, is, is a lot, <laughs> is a lot different than club soccer. I love the, the meme. It was like when Dita was hu- hugging Shevchenko. It was like, <laughs> you scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Shevchenko, I, I, didn't understand the appointment at club level because uh, he hasn't really managed a club team. He's only ma- I think he managed. Did he manage Kiev? I don't know if he managed Kiev or not, um, or some Ukrainian team. But he, other than that, he's managed the Ukrainian national team. And we've made on this pod before where club football is, I think, a lot more intricate. He's uh, only managed Ukraine. Before. He's only managed Ukraine. Okay, that's what I thought. And then coming from an international level to club level, I think I don't think he was the greatest hire that they could have made. Who else they could have? I don't know. But I I don't know if I'm a big fan of the signing right now. Well, it's tough because I think like the best Serie A uh, manager that's kind of on the market is Gattuso. Yeah, Gattuso's not taking the Genoa job, no. right? Like he's not going to try to fight a relegation battle. I think like if you're Shevchenko, like it makes a lot of sense. You proved yourself with Ukraine, who's not the most talented team. They've got players. They've I about to say they have some talent. Yeah, they've got some players, but like as an as an eleven, they're not formidable right um and he did well with them i think for genoa like it's a name that every italian fan probably knows it's like a high profile ish hire it's exciting i think it made a lot of sense i think that tactically it'll be interesting does it get them out of the relegation i think if you're a genoa fan you have to be hoping that spezia and venezia fall apart is your best hope i think that that's really it they have a 20 million dollar player in pinamonte how is he not Mm. you know or so they say. Genoa, Genoa, no, Genoa, Genoa has Pinamonte. Yeah, I thought it was on Empoli. No. Oh, actually, I could yeah. be wrong. Empoli, having a great year. Yeah, yeah. surprise. Yeah, I think Pinamonte was at Genoa for a while. He was. He was loaned there, I think, for two seasons. Yeah. So, see, I keep tabs. I keep tabs. Um, um let's discuss the Roma. I was. I want. I was itching for this. I want to go to Roma. All right. So we talked on last. I think it was last time we spoke about Mourinho and the pressure. They haven't looked any better. Given they've had significant injuries, you know, when they played Inter and they lost three nothing, they played four center backs at the back, which isn't great. They were without Pellegrini, where you're seeing more and more how crucial he is to this team. And I think Tim Abraham was out as well, right? He was injured for the game. Yeah. So you know, whoever wants to take this up first, I, what do you think of? So Roma here's so far? here's the thing. I think if you're if Mourinho kept his mouth shut, I don't think his seat would be as hot as it is, right? Because people are looking at it like, okay, like, you know, this team, the roster, you know, we're starting from square one. Um, Mourinho is a great manager or was, has has still tremendous success in Italy. Um, and he's had, he's had a litany of injuries, right? But because he's opening up his mouth, and can't take criticism. He's making it worse. He's making it far worse on on himself. To the point where, like, if he were to get fired tomorrow, I'd be like, I'm a little disappointed, a little saddened by it, but not surprised. Right? If he had just kept his mouth shut but on his best behavior, 
if he were to get fired tomorrow, I think everyone would be like, what the hell? Yeah. But the rhetoric, the whole aura around him and Roma right now is very chaotic and very toxic. You could say you could blame it on the media having a war with him or you could blame it on him. Something that that's a problem. That's someone needs to put out that fire. Yeah. I'm hoping the the freaking group seems to work in the shadows, seems to be very quiet about how they go about their business. I think that's very encouraging. I think Italy can benefit a lot from that personally. And I think that hopefully they're also very patient with Mourinho because I think he will pay dividends down the line if they stick with him and they just they they kind of control him a little bit more. Yeah. Mike Rocco? I mean, I think I think that those are all on point things, right? Because I don't think that Roma is a top 4 team. I don't think that they're the fifth best team in Italy. I think that they should be fighting for that sixth place at best, right? Like they have a good roster. I like a lot of the players mm-hmm. that they have. But it's not it's not as good as any of the teams that we've like spoken about extensively on this podcast. They're fine. I think that it's like throw I mean that Roma job is is just always tough for whatever manager holds it. And you have Mourinho, it's kind of like throwing gas on a fire, right? Like yeah. the guy still thinks that he's the best manager in the world. He's not a person who takes criticism well, like Gaetano was just saying, and all of these things come up. I don't think he's gonna get fired. I just I don't think that they want to go through that headache right now. And then who do you get to replace him, right? Like, I, I, again, like I mentioned Gattuso just a second before. I don't think that he fits this roster. I mean, Fonseca is still on the market. Fonseca is, but I don't think that they want to go that route. Not again. I think they're going to give him time. I think the thing that I don't like about it is that he's just throwing his backup players under the bus yeah. Yeah. every week. And it's like, dude... This is your team, right? Like, you can't be doing that. You, you can't be talking about your, you know, it, it's kind of like, you made this comment earlier uh, in the pod on an earlier episode, guy. It was like, Sarri had like your like 11 guys or something that liked him a lot. And then the, the rest of the 23 or 24 absolutely hate you because you never play him. It's like, yeah, like half the locker room doesn't want you. There. Yeah. And as a manager, you can't do that because you want to have the players want to play for you. But Many, you need it. I don't know. Once you isolate them, they're like, oh, why would I play well for you? Why would I fight for you? Why would I fight for a team that you're coaching when I just want you out of here and get a new blood and that might play yep. me? Like, that that's an issue. I, I think... See, I'm of the mindset where I think if you give Fonseca this team, I think he does better. I mean... I don't know. I, I, think, I, I don't know that they're performing below what I would have put them at, though. Right? Like, do you think 20... Like, w- remove Mourinho from the equation. Do you think that this team on roster is... Better than 25 points at this stage in the season. I'd say they're right about there. Plus, I, maybe I would plus say, or I would minus say, I would say three. Plus or minus three. I would say, yeah, that would be my thing. I mean, they should have won the Venezia game. Other than that, none of the results are like glaring yeah, to me. Yeah, but my... Well, I mean, you had the 6-2 loss in... Well, that, that's, that, that's, that's in that's that a bad one. nonsense competition. Yeah, yeah but still... But, but that's I'm talking bad. about just specifically in Italy. Yeah, I mean... My, my issue is... With Mourinho, historically, you knew where you're going to get. You're going to get a team that was just going to defend, 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 and counterattack. Now, I give him credit. He's trying to change it. He's trying to be more proactive. But he, defensively, his teams look shambolic at times. I know we've had questions about their center backs with Ibanez and Mancini at certain points in the season, but they look horrible. They don't look structured at all at the back. And also, like I get it. You're without Pellegrini, but... 
You you have quality midfielders on that team. You can't say, oh, Pellegrini's out, my midfield is crap. That that doesn't work. You we talked about him last about Villar or Villar. I don't know how to pr- probably pronounce it. Villar. Villar. He looked great when he played last year. Veritu doesn't look like the same person. Like this team, nobody, none of the midfielders really changed. And because you miss one player, you have no solidity and no um, structure in the midfield. Like that doesn't make any sense. And again, to reiterate, Mourinho has had structure up the spine. That was one of his main things. You tell me now because one guy's out, two guys are out that you don't, you can't coach that structure. Like what's going on? Like, I don't get this. What are you saying? Hello? No, it's gonna it's gonna try to pull up the fixtures, but don't worry about me. Oh, okay. I think like this is another good point. This isn't my point. This is from David Amoyal, but one of the other concerning things about Mourinho is that with guys like VR, he's tanking their value. And that from a front office perspective might be really problematic. Yeah, that might be that, something that like yeah. gets him actually can. I guess like we're saying that, but I'm thinking about it now. It's like if you're if you're dropping your squad's value, like you're you're not you're probably on the hot seat. Yeah, I, you know the the question is, does he last this season? And if he does, do you then fire him at the summer? So I think I think unless he pulls a miracle job, I think he's gone at the end of the season or even earlier. I think he's gone because I think that Roma is typically very impatient and their fans are very passionate. And when they want somebody out, they're not afraid to go to the right. nth degree to get them out. So I think it's that plus Mourinho, who's essentially fighting with everyone that's trying to be on his side at the club. I think it's just a matter of time before. I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's just more of a question of when he gets fired. Yeah, I'm looking at the results right now, and like I'm encouraged. Right, they have a three-one win against Fiorentina, four-nothing against Salernitana, two-one against Sassuolo. They won. They lost to Verona. Now we know Verona is a good team. Um, they beat Udine. You know, lost a lot to by one goal. Yeah, they beat I, Empoli. I, they lost one nothing to Juve. Tied Napoli. Lost by one to Milan. Like, like Mike was saying, I I'm not. I think they're right where we where they're supposed to be. I also think that the Sauce game and the Fiore game it was before they got rolling, because sure. I think I think now if you if you play them but those no, teams now I think they lose the, none, both those nonetheless, games. Nonetheless, like the, the league comes in ebbs and flows. Like they are exactly where I pictured them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the table, like Mike was saying, they're not. They're not better than any of the top four. They're not better than Juve. I think, like, Fiore being ahead of them, you can argue about that. But, like, if it was Lazio in sixth and Roma was in seventh, could you really argue that much? That, like, oh, one team is so much better than the other. Like, Roma should be yeah. what? Like, Ro- Roma should be where? Like, because they're not a Champions League team in, no. in Italy right now. And there are five really good teams. Fiore's level with Juve on points. So, yeah. like, yeah. I don't think that he's going to get fired before the end of the year, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I've set my piece. I'm not going to you know, beat a dead horse. But I do want to transition to Fiore because Fiore, as I mentioned. Ooh, that's are, a hot team. They're they're looking scarier and scarier. And Vlavic is really starting to pick up his form. I think he's Capocaniere as of right if the se- season would end today, right? I think he's tied with, in, with Immobile. Can someone check that? Yeah, I don't want to open my computer because I'm afraid. Back track, back track. Yeah, I'm afraid. Uh, they they look really great. Yeah, like, uh, yeah he is. Tied with Cheeto on yeah. 13 goals. And two, two assists, right? Yep. They're playing really, really fluidly. Mm-hmm. I think, like, they're playing in the Italiano system well, and that, that maybe is the best appointment of any manager. I guess you could make the case for Inzaghi being, like, the best new manager just because yeah. of where Inter is, but I think you inherit, like, a, a much better roster. Italiano, right? ha- Italiano had to build more at Fiore. Fiore had a great transfer market. Yep. 
And then they had that weird snafu with Gazuzo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like maybe it's not the exact team as he wanted it to be, but he's pulling them. And if you look at where Fiore has been the last couple of years, and we keep saying this on this pod, this is incredible for them to be in sixth place. I think, like, their attack plays really, really great uh, football, I think. Obviously, we talk about Vlaovic a lot, but don't forget about, like, Nico Gonzalez. I think Torreira's having a good year. Yeah. Bonaventura, I mean, he's a guy who's, like, always been a solid midfielder. He's very, playing well. Very underrated. Yeah, he's very underrated. super well in this system. They want to go after a winger in January, and it looks everyone's pointing to Berardi coming to them, and I think that that would be... I would, I would, good fit. that would be really fun to watch because he would go right on the right side instead of Callejon, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he plugs into that team naturally. I think that he needs a just change of scenery. Like, it's very obvious that he doesn't want to be on Sassuolo. It's a team that doesn't have, uh, not to meme Donnarumma, but they have different ambitions. But, you know, I think it would be a good fit for him. I don't know that Berardi has a way on to another team. I think the best other fit for him would be Milan, but that's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he gets onto a team that's competing for Europa League. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think playing alongside a guy like Vlaovic, that would be a lot of fun to watch those two. And I mean, and then Gonzalez yeah. on the other if, side. If you're guaranteeing me Vlaovic is here for another season, I completely agree with you. I think that if Vlaovic is here next season at Fiore, makes perfect sense. I think that's another key to possibly making Flavic stay. I think if you bring in a guy like Berardi. I think we're now starting to see a better, like a real true better version of the Spezia team that Italiano had last year where now he's had, you know, obviously better pieces of Vlaovic and a, and a Gonzalez and a Bonaventura. But now we're trying to see that this is a really fun team to watch. They're a scary team to watch because they can pull up and score four on you like they did with Milan, even though Vlavic was getting annihilated by uh, Kair, he's still being dominant in the game. I, I just, I just like this team a lot, and I think that the, their ceiling is really high. Like I, I think if they finish fifth, I think you need to put Italiano in the conversation for coach of the year, because last year where they finished like sixteenth, fifteenth, like they were above relegation, but they weren't mid table. I don't think. Again, I could be wrong, but. But do you think they could finish fifth? I mean... Because that would mean beating... Yeah, you have to Juve? beat Juve. One of the Roman clubs. One, I think sure. I think they I think yeah. they could beat the Roman... I think they could beat both Roman clubs, honestly. Uh-huh. I think that they have the, the makeup to do that. I think they, they could... They were 13th last year really quickly on 40 points. Okay. So they're already doing better than last year. They're on right pace now. to shatter that. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. So I think there's... A, I think they can sucker punch one of the big teams... I think that they have that in their locker. And I think against the lower tier of the bigger teams, they can actually win and, you know, get good results. So I the, I think the sky's limit for this team. I don't think the Champions League bound. I'm not saying that. But I think fifth is a really good finish. And I think if they do finish fifth, then Italiano has to be a conversation with Coach of the Year from this big of a turnaround. Eight places turnaround if they finish fifth. So Yeah, I mean, I think... I think fifth is too far for them. Sixth, I think, is more realistic. Yeah. Fifth would be a miracle. Okay, that's fair. But I mean, sixth is still a gigantic that's jump. Saying, like yeah. you're talking about them being back and like the conversation, like Sete Sorelle. But I mean, I don't see them overtaking at this point. Like the two just ahead of them are Juve and Atalanta. I don't see that happening in the long run. That's fair. Run. That's fair. They have the richest owner in Serie A. Yeah, Rocco Calabria. Yeah, yeah and this is ha- for you. And they have uh, Brooklyn's own Joe Barone. They have the richest owner in Serie A. So, 
Let's see how and, it and, it, and it seems like he's doing a really good job of, you know, applying funds where needed to build the team. And he's actually, and is a guy who's passionate about the club, which is, as a guy said, I think on the very first pods, one thing that not a lot of Italian clubs have is an owner who's Italian who loves the club and has the money to fund it. And I think Rocco Camiso fits that I think he played well. at Columbia, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think he might have. I think he played at Columbia. He also hates Juve, so that's a good fit. He does. Fiorentina. Well, I mean, that's like half of the big did teams. I, why did I feel like he was a Juve fan? I, maybe he's, he's maybe from he was. Italy. There's a good chance. He's <laughs> so from he's the same like town as, as my dad, and they're full of Juve fans for no reason down there, so it's very possible. For no but, reason? I mean, just because they're good, right? The uh, the child soccer team in that town now, though, is like uh, Marina di Gioiosa, Ionica Fiorentina. It's pretty cool. Yeah, something like that. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. He, like, sponsors them. But they, they close out the first half of the season with two tricky games. They have Sassuolo and then Verona, and we spent some time talking about those yeah. teams. Um, I think, like, if they can pull four points from that and then end yep, it on, like, what going. is that, like, kind of 29, 30-point region, I think that amazing first half – for Fiore, they've been looking great. And, you know, like, they're one of these teams that I hope continues to do well because Italy needs a strong Florentine team. Exactly, yeah. And that, that was going, that was exactly where I was going to go. I think with a, with a city like Florence and a passionate fan base like they have, I think it's great for the sport, and especially now that there's more exposure on the league. I think it, it fits them really, really well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they progress. The only thing that I like more than, like... <laughs> A Calabrian owner doing well in Serie A is just I can't wait to Sicilian. Oh. No, no I, Camiso, Camiso's I was gonna Cal- say Calabres. No. no, no, no. I'm saying a Sicilian. Oh no, no, no. I can't. I can't wait for Vlaovic to inevitably end up on Juven just to go see Fiore Twitter. It's it's so satisfying to see oh, how salty they get. No, that's when <laughs> that's when Camiso gets a burner Twitter account and he just like bad mouths all of it. Oh, no, he can't. Um, he can't. So. so Let's move on to Sosuolo. Yeah, so Galano wanted to talk about his boy Skamaka. I I just want to end on this note. I just want to be like, my boy Skamaka is thriving. You know him? You know his cell phone? He's my boy. We're officially boys. You DM'd him? He's got your Insta? He's the future striker for the Italian national team, for the Azzurri. He, if Mancini trusts him, will lead us to the promised land. You're not calling, you're not saying the Balotelli We will win the world. No, no, no. no. I'm saying we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Oh man! Wait, you don't want your boy Balotelli to make a comeback to the Azzurri? <laughs> I that would be prime banter. The thing is, Azzurri. from what I'm seeing so far, and granted, he doesn't play for a big team. He doesn't have like the whole media around him. He's got a little bit of the Balotelli nastiness, right? He's got that like like real like almost borderline dirty player. Grinta. That's what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it because Julio's not here, and he—that's exactly what he. Also, he's say. got like he's got flair. He can flat out rip yeah. it, yeah. right? Like, and he's good on the ball. Like he's he, he's better on the ball than Bellotti, honestly. Yeah. And he's massive. He's a big dude. How is he six two? I don't know how tall he is, but he range. looks he looks imposing, right? He's very lanky though. Yeah, but like he's, who cares? <laughs> yeah, and in, in soccer that is like he's big. six. Five. He's six. Holy five. shit! He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, give me a month. I'll get that tall. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he's a big boy, and he and he's not. I think somebody mentioned this not on this pod, but on another pod about how they were worried he's going to be the next Graziano Pelle. He's not. First of all, he's not that's that blasphemy. Looking. That's blasphemy. He's not that good looking. But two, like. He's agile. He's he technical. Never be the ninth highest paid player. Yeah. In the world. He's he's agile. He's technical. Well, at least more so than Graziano. I, like, I saw I saw him recently. I like him a lot. Uh, he killed Milan. The future yeah. number nine. 
Give him, give him the, give him a chance, Mancini. Give him a chance. I'm, I'm riding hard for my boy. Did we have a fun question to close things out? I think you put. Uh, yeah, we could. Yeah. So Galano had the question, so I won't, won't give him his. his so the re- the reason why I, I thought about this is because I this quote had happened a couple couple of weeks ago when Newcastle was bought. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I think actually David Amayel probably brought up recently saying how. You know they were interested in buying a Serie A team, but the way the 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 way Serie A is set up, both financially, whatever, um, it wasn't a worthy investment. So I want to pose this question to the table: What would how would you change Serie A to be from the to make it more appealing to say investors or to grow the game? Let's say to grow the game. Super League. <laughs> I For, think. I think. Sorry, let me just say. It. Besides the racial issues, like I think that's that's oh, number yeah. one on each yeah. of our lists. Yeah. Besides the racism issues, I think just from a sheer like financial perspective, one of the big things that's kind of been waning on Italy for a long time now is that teams other than like Juve and Udinese don't own their own stadiums. And that's really just not good in terms of yeah. just revenue producing for them, and it holds them back in a lot of ways. Obviously, like a, there's a lot more to that than just saying like, why don't you just build your own stadium then? Because there's just a lot of nonsense bureaucracy in Italy that prevents teams from doing it. Teams as big as Milan and Inter have been trying to build a stadium. I mean, I feel like since I was born, right? Like, I always remember that storyline. I think maybe helping the teams out like that, actually facilitating the construction of new and modern stadiums, right? Like, you look at places like the Maradona, you look at places like the Olimpico, you're like, how does soccer happen here? Like the, it, it looks like a terrible viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Like the atmosphere is say whatever you want about them. The atmosphere is going to be amazing if you put them in a modern stadium anyway, but you're, you're a, you're an Olympic sized track away from watching yeah. it. It's looks it's the worst terrible. I think it would help with marketing the league to have it really be like, I, I mean like look like Germany. I think like their fan culture has done a lot. I, I don't think that like the Italian fan culture isn't there. I think it's just, it looks ugly. The teams are hurt financially, so I think helping teams actually get to that point. Mm-hmm. Marco, I'm going. Um, in terms of the league, making it more fun. Well, just better overall. Yeah, like, so you know? better, better, better overall. I think definitely might kind of touch on. I think you definitely need to expand your marketing scheme. I think that's a big thing because, you know, until recently when the rights were on ESPN plus you really didn't have any access to it. So I think kind of, you know, being a little less strict on the access to the league, like broadcasting wise. And I think Comiso kind of played a role in that as well. I think that's one part of it. Another part is having like active marketing campaigns, right? Like I've seen commercials for the premier league. I've seen it for La Liga. How many times do you see a commercial for Serie A? Not many times. And even on like regular TV, you see it once in a while on ESPN where it's like, we have La Liga, come watch it yeah. there, come watch the Bundesliga. On the NBC, you see it even though they have it on Sunday Night Football, on the NFL. You see it's like, oh, come see Tottenham versus Arsenal 11.30 this yeah. coming Sunday, right? Like, I think that the marketing scheme for Serie A is very poor. And I think that's very domestically focused or at least continentally focused. I think you need to focus on the international market and get people interested in the sport on a global scale. That will... Even if it's minimal, it's still providing more exposure to the sport, and that way you bring in more revenues based on that, and that gets distributed to the other teams. I think that's a way you can do it as well. Just piggybacking off of that, like I think like staying with the same stream service provider for multiple years, because like how often has it like been now? So I remember it was on Fox, like Fox Sports, at some point when I was younger. 
Yeah, like, it was um, like FSC back in the day. It was Fox Soccer Plus. It was a Fox Soccer Plus channel, but they would run like reruns of the games. I don't remember where they went before they were on ESPN. Sorry, they were yeah, on yeah, ESPN, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I mean is the worst. Yeah, the, the the worst was never favorite with BN, where it's like the Derby Italia was going on, and it was a heated game, and they were showing Barcelona, Barcelona or PSG right. versus Nantes. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. like what? Nonsense. But no, sorry, continue. But just sorry. staying with the same same service provider. I mean, like it helps continuity. It helps people know where they need to be to watch the games. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say marketing stuff also, um, which I think is tricky because like you have teams like Juve, right, who like try to make themselves more friendly to like new markets, right, with that stupid J logo instead of the old crest, and interchange their logo too, right? Yeah. And it's like it's it's a difficult like tightrope to walk to try to keep the traditional stuff which i think like is really cool for people who are already fans and then also like how do you appeal to new people in like new markets because the premier league today wasn't like this always right mm-hmm. like italy used to be a better league than than england but now so much of it is driven by their tv deals and how many billions of dollars they get and it's like you see juve and milan and inter can't compete for wages with teams like newcastle you know there's so much more money because they're doing such a better job marketing. Um, that's so important. Yeah, and I think to piggyback off of the logos that you mentioned, I think that you know a lot of the town, the big, the big clubs, to you know use the big, the best example, they sell their club on history. They sell their club on tradition. The fact that you're changing your logos X Y Z amount of years, it's a tough sell to say, look, like we had a tradition while we're changing everything that you first understood about the club. I think that. You know, we can agree that the J was horrible as a logo. I the old logo what? was it's right. so sleek. That J is so cool. <laughs> and up. I love the zebra. Oh, shut up! Stop it, <laughs> J. But but that's what I'm saying. It's like like you build these clubs. Italian clubs have a very traditional value with their fans. By you trying to modernize the value, you're making people want to them go back to the traditional way. Like the Juve jerseys, for example. Last year they were. Not great, the home jerseys. This year, they went back to a more traditional look, and they look better. So, again, I just think that to piggyback off of Rocco, I think the traditional aspect is, I think you need to go back to the roots in terms of logos and also, like, designs. I think it's just better for the league that way. Agreed. And I don't want to harp too much on the negatives. I, like, I will say this. I think COVID hurt Italy yes. a shitload. Yeah. Like, as a direct effect of COVID, I mean, you saw... Hakimi, Lukaku, Conte, these guys like yep. just, I mean, inter-collapsed, right? Like to an extent, like Ronaldo is partially explained by COVID, right? Like Juve didn't have the money that they wanted to have the team that they had. So I think that that's tough and it's not something that you could have accounted for, but overall it does need to improve. Yeah. And Guy, what's yours? No, I think uh, I'll echo everything that you guys said. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to just... Harp on the, on the positives, I guess. I guess the CBS deal is, looks encouraging. Yeah. Looks like there's an actual effort there to make it like a long-term staple and what they want to go with. Um, I think, and this is a little bit outside the question, but I think the tax laws in Italy is very helpful. Um, like the growth initiative where I think it's... Aren't like, they like trying to change that for yeah, like they're foreign, trying to foreign players? Can't yeah. Can't get those big tax breaks. Of course. I like, it was too good to be true for, for too long, I guess. Yeah. So hopefully that's not the case and hopefully that stays. Um, I think diversity of ownership is incredibly important. I think though the Italian owners bring their own sense of value to the league, I think having more global perspectives, whether it was Sooning before bankruptcy, 
whether whether it's Kumiso, whether I don't know if I want to go through the like long term, <laughs> long term investors or owners of clubs, I think are super, super yeah. important. Some that actually have a financial initiative because they're going to have the best interest of like, like they're going to run it as a business almost. And I think you need a little bit of that in the league for it to be pros- prosperous and for it to grow. I think uh, I'll leave it on that. Yeah. So, All right. Delano, Rocco, Mike, thank you guys as always for coming to the pod. Another episode in the books. Um, until next time, ciao, everybody.